Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Welcome back, guys, to a super special episode of Box Office Bingers. Matthew, this has been the one I have been waiting for for uh, 13 years, seems like, since I first heard the show. Let the people know what we got going on today. We're going to go to the rooftops for this, Ernesto. we got to just got to climb up and, uh, you know what, I had... <laughs> I was gonna say like a phrase from it, and then when I was about to say it, we just got to like, ah, no, I can't, no, I didn't think of anything. Like nothing came out of, nothing came in my head. Like I all of the, mu- all of the musical moments I could have, could have, could have landed on, and be like, you know, we could just go up to the rooftops and just scream, ah, nothing, nothing. We can, but <laughs> we are, scream nothing. <laughs> nothing. But we are gonna scream in the Heights, Ernesto. We are reviewing yes. Lin Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. It was first on Broadway in 2008. And then now in 2021, the film adaptation has finally been bestowed to us, and we can now witness. I know, Ernesto, you've been waiting for this movie for a long time, and and on top of that, we got it was delayed because of the pandemic. So now we're finally able to watch it. It's in, available in theaters and on HBO Max, and we are reviewing this film with a good friend of mine, Bridget Snedeker, is not only a Lin Manuel super fan, but and we'll talk about this a little bit later on to the show, but she also performed in in Heights in the Heights on stage. Is that correct, Bridget? Yeah, when I was um, in high school. Yeah. So we are going to be talking about her uh, her time on stage as well as her love for Lin Manuel Miranda, and uh, she's a local news producer here in Orlando, and so she's going to be later on the show. We're going to be discussing um, kind of what goes into news producing. So I'm excited to talk all about that. And Bridget, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. You know, I love In the Heights with a deep, deep passion. Same. So I can't wait to talk all about it. Yeah, I, I know that you, uh, I, I was telling the story to Ernesto and I was like, I remember when my car broke down one day and you had to drive me. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm about to say. You had to drive me to probably meet up with uh, with, with uh, Megan somewhere and uh, you were just blasting Hamilton the yeah. whole ride and i'm like i don't know what she's listening to right now nope but you were having the time of your life list like just jamming out to hamilton and now many years later i i now i understand your love for for it yeah i think it's like you know lemonel miranda has really blown up and back then um hamilton was just kind of coming out and kind of getting its groove and people were catching on and i think one of the amazing things that we can get on more about um Lin-Manuel's work is that in Hamilton, you can hear the In the Heights reference. You can hear the Lin-Manuel kind of like pattern. So I think it's amazing that back then you were like, what is she listening to? But like, yes. Here you are now. I know, right? Now, like, uh, <laughs> we're, we were discussing this, that I've already listened to the Broadway version about three times. I've mm-hmm. seen the movie twice, mm-hmm. and I've listened to the movie soundtrack 
twice now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's just, that's, we're only talking about In the Heights, and I, we're not even going to talk about Hamilton right now, uh, because that's a lot more than that. <laughs> unlimited number, how many times yeah. I've replayed that entire album over and, and over And, again. you know, it's yeah. a long album, too. It's not a short yeah. one. It's like oh, a no. two-hour-plus album. The whole thing's there. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to dive into all that later into the show, because I know we have a lot to say about it. But first, we're going to dive into our fun segment we like to call What You Watching. Uh, just kind of discussing, you know, movies and TV shows we've been watching over the last couple of weeks. So, Bridget, we're going to start with you. What have you been watching? Okay, so I have two very different things in two very different spectrums. So, okay. um, I just finished Manifest. Oh, Any yeah, on NBC. On NBC. Any of mm-hmm. you watch it? No. no. Okay, so no spoilers, but it's kind of like Lost. Um, that's what one of our old friends used to kind of compare it to. But... They ended, it was like the season finale, and it was like maybe one of the best shows. This show has been going on for a really long time. They haven't given the fans any answers to anything, and they just keep building it. And they were like, this um, season finale, fans going to get all the answers they've been waiting for. They didn't tell us anything. We didn't get a single answer. (laughs) (laughs) And then the day after, NBC canceled it. So, hold on, Bridget, if I'm not mistaken, this is now three seasons in, correct? It's three seasons in. It's the same plot, essentially. Like, I mean, it's it's not a spoiler. It's a passenger plane that returns five years later, and none of the passengers on the plane have aged, but the world thought they all died. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to figure out what it's all about, and they have, like, mysterious callings and visions, and the writers were... Even the promos had it, like, this season... The, Season finale, all your answers. I didn't get one freaking answer. (laughs) (laughs) They gave me more questions, honestly. I love to go in online and look at tweets and Reddit and all the stuff that fans are saying. (laughs) Then I saw, like, manifest canceled. I was like, what do you mean it's canceled? (laughs) I've already invested so much time into this (laughs) Seriously, though, I've invested, I don't know how many years of my life, this show has, like, very long hiatuses, and I, it's just like, oh, how? how? How many episodes per season? Um, you know, like, is it, like, no, like 22? Um, it's not that many. Hold on. I'll check. But e- either way, like, the show, if you were a fan of the show, you, you had to, like, stick with it, because season one was rough. They had a good plot, but, like, the acting was rough. <laughs> you know, you're Bridget, so <laughs> Bridget, you're not selling this show at all. No. And then my next question to follow is, like, okay, you – I thought you were going to tell me the first season was great, and that's why I'm, I'm staying with it. But you said that the first season was bad, and you're like, you know what I need to do? Watch season two and three. <laughs> so <laughs> the plot of it was good, and it really, like, reels you in. Like, you really want to know what happened to these people on this plane. The acting, though, kind of took you out of it, in and out of it a little bit. Um, but it got better, and they kind of kept with the plot line. So you know if you're a fan and you've been watching. So this episode, this uh, series aired September 24th, 2018. Wow. So they're on and season I, three. And I, about, I see that they have 16 episodes. Wow. Yeah, about 16 to 13 episodes um, per season. And, like, it just... it. I, Mm, there's like a big online movement to save it because people are pissed. <laughs> They're like, we didn't get any damn answers. Like, what? what? Yeah, I, I'm actually it's like 42 looking... episodes. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, promotion art right now for it, and literally in the poster for season three, it says, the truth will surface. <laughs> and no. it doesn't sound like anything has happened. The truth just <laughs> literally sunk to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> like, I, I, and I guess, like, they kind of had some big reveals, and, like, some people found out stuff, but, like, the big answer is, like, what happened to these passengers? And mm, still don't know. Nothing. That's and I guess, and this <laughs> we'll never. Well, know. I guess you never find out. You never find out. I guess it's trying to like the writer put that he's trying to get it picked up by other networks, maybe Peacock, maybe Netflix. Because oh, here's the interesting thing: the show again, not really selling it well. I'm sorry, manifest writers, if you're listening for some reason. Um, <laughs> they're the not. The show really. <laughs> Trust us, they're not listening. The show had like a really hard time having fans stick with it because it would take such long hiatus or wouldn't get renewed until the next fall. Like, so it really, it was the dipping viewership that got it canceled. But as soon as the season finale aired, it's number one on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, That's probably because right they canceled now. it. Maybe, but like it's number one. So the headline on Yahoo was like, NBC cancels number one streaming show in the world right now. And I'm like, please, please bring it back. Well, I mean, I th- it sounds like there is a good chance they could bring it back um, with all, the, all the, the hot buzz right now. But, like, at this stage of the game, it does sound like, okay, bring it back. Give us one more season to wrap yeah. everything up because we're still waiting on answers. I'm still waiting on those answers, you promised me. <laughs> well, maybe it'll be like they did to Lucifer. Lucifer yeah. was on Fox and then Netflix picked it up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If they don't bring it back, I'm just gonna tweet at the writer and be like, "Can you just just tweet us? Just tell us. Like, I, I just <laughs> tell us the truth. Tell Surface the truth. The truth. <laughs> like, don't <Surface>. read it. <laughs> Surface the truth. <laughs> I don't even need it surfaced. I just need it like floating. Like, give it a little yeah. icky, like. <laughs> or just get. You don't have to give me specifics. Just give me the broad strokes. Just give me the broad strokes. Yeah, really. Message in a bottle. I do not yeah. care. Yeah, something. Just, just, just give us the highlights. Something. Yeah. It's, it's, we don't. Yeah. We don't need everything. Like, wait, in, in, in one sentence, give me everything I need to know. Go. That's all I'm asking yeah. for. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, um, I, I'm sorry that your 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 show is canceled, and that thanks. I'm also sorry that you waited three seasons to for find nothing. answers nope. for for nothing. Um, but you could have just binged it now. <laughs> You could have just been the three seasons now. I could have saved my time. Well, you really could have. That's what everyone on the Reddit's saying. It was such a lonely Reddit, and now all these people have gone to it. And one of the mods was like, remember, not everyone has had the frustration that all of us have had. And I was like, <laughs> true. I deserve this frustration. Yeah, absolutely. I've earned I mean, it. You did spend the time. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, bringing this back to, say, anything, that any show that you've watched and you devoted mm-hmm. the time to. Like, I remember when Breaking Bad came out and, like, it was, yes. I don't want to give anything away, but I think you, if any any fans, you can probably pinpoint a moment where, uh, a big moment, like toward the end of season five, or was it like that, that oh no, it was a season five uh, uh, midway finale, I believe, and there was like a big moment of someone particularly sitting on a toilet and they, they find out some things and a lot of people had to wait a full year to see what happens next. Yep. But for me, I was like, all right, next. Like I binged the whole <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me too. I, I binged Breaking Bad in a couple of days and I was like, okay, ready for the next one. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. I watched it on AMC when it aired the finale, <laughs> so I felt I felt that frustration. Thank you, Matt, for yeah, bringing that you're, up. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been watching that, and then the other thing is um, that I'm very late to the game too. Scrubs. Wow. Oh, I love Scrubs. Yeah, Scrubs yeah. is a great show. I love Scrubs. How far are you? Only season two. Oh, great. so you, you got a long Strap way to in. go. You got a long way to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I don't think I ever like uh, watched Scrub from start to finish, but I do remember watching it after school. So whatever was on TV, I would just play. And typically, I would get home around the same time. They would air seven days a week on during the weekdays. So like, I would just pick up where I left off in all those episodes. I had like two, like an hour block, so watch an hour a day. And um, but yeah, and then so like, I don't know if I ever got caught up with the series, if I made a full loop or anything. But I've no, I've seen a lot of episodes. I just I probably have to go back and like start from beginning to end, but I remember really liking the show. Yeah. Ernesto, did you watch all of it? No, yeah. I, I sorry, I thought you heard me. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it all. Like it was oh, a great okay. it's a great show, yeah. So you're happy you're on the train, Bridget. I think you it, it's kinda of one of those good shows that you can like watch in the background or mm-hmm. like just have it on like right before you go to bed. It's like a nice, easy watch. And when I need something like happy and just like relaxing, it's been what I turn to. Very nice. Just have Zach Braff monologue you to bed. Yeah. <laughs> he could do that in real life, too. <laughs> he does have a very soothing voice, I will yeah. say. His... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You hear that, Zach Braff? <laughs> also if, not listening. Also, also <laughs> but if he is, and you want to do us the gracious honor to... Uh, uh, to narrate Bridget to sleep. She's yeah. available. My boyfriend is also a very big fan of yours, so he so, would be okay. You okay? <laughs> oh, okay. It's fine. <laughs> just the both of them laying in bed, and he's up, he's standing there at the top, just like reading a story. <laughs> yeah. Read us Harry Potter again, Zach Braff. <laughs> I don't know why. You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any story really um bridget if i'm not mistaken did you also see a quiet place part two yes i did and? um i loved it and i don't like scary movies i never watch scary movies um especially like jump scare thrillers because mm. i'm mm-hmm. already a very panicky person in real life so i don't need that extra panic in my life um <laughs> But I watched the first one um, a couple years ago. I was just, like, dragged to the theater by my boyfriend, and I loved it. I thought it was so good. Um, The second one I thought was amazing, too. Here's my, like, the way that I put it was, like, I was so happy when it ended because I was so stressed out the whole time. (laughs) Like, it ended, and I was like, oh. I brought a jacket with me. I was covering my face. Oh, man. It, It was amazing, but, like. Ooh, did it do a number on me? Mm. <laughs> now, did you see it in the theaters or did you watch it at home? In the theaters. Ooh, I bet I that it was a great experience. experience. I don't blame you <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, jealous. Was... I, don't, I don't think you can even watch it at home right now. It's 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 uh, it's only a theater experience at the moment. Oh, that's right. It's coming yeah. later to Paramount, I believe, right? Paramount Plus, yeah. I think yes. sometime in maybe the end of July That's it might right. be hitting Paramount Plus. But correct. as of right now, it's available in the theater. Uh, I know that Ernesto and I, we plan on reviewing the film later in July. Um, but 
yeah, I didn't want to hear your thoughts because I heard nothing but great things about the film. It was amazing. I couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, it, but in a good in way, way, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, without with, say, without really yeah. giving anything away, do they? Do you? Is there a place for a third one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is, and I mean, I I really like where it ended. I liked. I don't know. I I think they did a great job. I think they picked up, you know, right where the first one left off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when a movie can make you feel so wrapped up in it that like you are physically hiding and sweating and like ready to get the heck out of the theater, it just shows you like what a great job they did. Ah, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it, it looks like a, I mean, I know Ernesto, we were like, I don't know, maybe two weeks away from reviewing the film when right before the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it, it's I'm, I'm glad to see that after a long wait. Um, and it's gonna be with a lot of these movies, like we waited a whole year to see these. So it's glad to see that, you know, uh, some of these movies are worth the worth the wait that, you know, it's still a good movie, no matter if you got to wait another year for, it, you know. I just saw um, in the TV trailer for Black Widow, mm-hmm. their whole slogan is the experience will be worth the wait. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, better, because so, at this yeah. point where Black <laughs> Widow falls in the MCU, yeah. it's like, oh, this is still happening? This is still a thing? <laughs> Hello, Scar Joe. Yeah. Hey, welcome back. There you are, yeah, Harry. We're... There you are, Scar <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so enough. So what have you been watching? Um, I actually don't have much. I've just been so busy this week. All that I've been watching is, besides In the Heights, is um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine with my wife. Oh, nice. We're kind of working our way through. We are in the second season. We just finished Halloween 2. And I already, I don't know, I think, is that something, I'm assuming that's something they carry on through the rest yeah. of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, already, we, like, we were getting ready to go to bed, and I was like, oh, the next one is the Halloween episode. She's like, I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to watch this one, and then we're going to go to bed. As you should. <laughs> As you should, yeah. I mean, it's just so great. Like, Andy Samberg, like, in his prime, like, Terry Crews is hilarious. Um the actor who plays Captain Hole, he, his name escapes me, but he's, I think his, just his whole demeanor is, is hilarious. Like I'm smiling and he's like, so just so stoic all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, you know what else? It was nice to see, um, Rosa, who's, who was also in, in, in the Heights. We were like, yeah. we were like, oh, hey, she said that other thing that we're watching. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally different people, totally different characters. <laughs> Her range, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, especially from that from that to this is completely different. Well, it's funny because when I, I think I knew that Rosa was going to be, or the actress who plays Rosa is going to be, was going to be in the Heights, and uh, and when you see her personality in the Heights, you're like, whoa, that is, like that is not the character in Brooklyn Nine Nine, not even close, not even so, a little bit. So and like also she like in in Brooklyn Nine Nine she has a very deep voice, but in reality it's 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 kind of high pitched. So like. I, w- I would see her in interviews, and I'm like, that's not Rosa. Who's yeah. this? Who's who, this? who is that? <laughs> Who's that lady? <laughs> her voice, uh, is, her no, voice go ahead. is more, like, naturally, like, Carla's than it is Rosa's. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, like, if, if you have the time, Ernesto, watch, watch an interview in which she's talking about anything, and you'll be, like, surprised at how high her voice is. Just, it's, like, it's not normal, like, tone it's it's like a little bit of a high pitch so the fact that she can bring it all the way down for brooklyn 99 is like that's acting 
You, you can no, do. for real. So probably closer to what it is, what we saw in In the Heights, because in mm-hmm. the in the in the Heights, her voice was actually really high. And actually, I remember thinking like, wow, her voice is like it's kind of weird. Like yeah. it's like just so <laughs> maybe because I'm just not used to it. But <laughs> exactly, and, and like it's 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 a it's like 180. It's a complete 180 yeah. shift on that. Um, but yeah, uh, you said season two, so yeah, you got you got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, I take that back. Up? There, there's. Um, I'm sorry. On what? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was gonna ask Bridget if she was caught up with uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, I haven't seen the last season, so I'm like, okay. I think on season five. Um, five. So, okay, like, I'm so right yeah. the end. Okay. Ish. And you're uh, completely okay. caught up, Matt. Yes. Yeah, I'm completely caught up. Um, so actually, two things. I can't believe I forgot it. Uh, we watched the the premiere of Loki. Great. Oh, yes. Yeah, I completely completely forgot about a little show called Loki that came out last week. <laughs> yes. Bridget, did you watch it? Not yet. I've been dying to watch it. Um, That's I was great. in oh. Boston away from my boyfriend on a girls trip and I he was like, "You better not watch it without me." I was so tempted to watch it and just lie to him, but <laughs> oh, damn. I did not. You know, <laughs> you're a good girlfriend then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't watched it yet, but I want to. I heard it was great. It was great. It was a great opener. Um, um, it's just I have so many questions. It's just they're setting up mm-hmm. so many so many things within it, and uh, I just I love the direction that they're taking that they're taking the MCU, and this is the one that's supposed to really change the MCU. But they also said that about Wandavision, so I'm just gonna right. I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna just withhold judgment on that statement. <laughs> I don't know, Ernesto. They gave us a lot of information about the Time Variance Authority that I'm like go on like i think i got more out of the first episode of loki than i did in most episodes of wandavision like i you mean I as far really as the enjoyed, universe as far as yes as far as the universe is concerned okay, like true. wandavision was very contained and i feel like loki in in one episode was able to not only kind of propel on where this loki is going but it also gave us a lot of context of what we're about to walk into without giving yeah. anything away I, I think i don't think i spoiled anything there but um, but yeah, like I'm so like I was so excited when we we were when we were actually learning things. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is new. I don't. Th- Marvel never talked about this before. I want more. I want more of this this new world you're building. And it's not surface level. It's the show's definitely got. They're setting up to to tell some deeper stories within the season mm-hmm. as well. Like it's not just gonna be like, here's what's going on with Loki. Like it's. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see where they're going with it. Yeah, a Bridget, I wish you've seen the first episode so we can talk a little bit more about it. I don't want to spoil anything for you. No. Uh, but Unless if you're you know a Marvel better. fan, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if you're a Marvel fan, then I, I think you enjoy it. I'm a big Marvel fan, so that is definitely probably what I'll watch probably after <laughs> I'm done with you guys. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a great choice. Like, she's like, hurry it up, all right? I got Loki yeah. to watch. No. <laughs> she's like, chap, chap, chap. Uh, uh, Bridget, did you watch WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier? Yeah, I did, and I love them both. And I think that, um, you know, I think both shows served their purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Not going to spoil anything, but I think WandaVision was more about, you know, character background and giving Scarlet Witch kind of like the plot line she's never really been given. Like, we all knew she was one of the strongest, if not the strongest Avenger, but didn't really know her power. So I feel like that was important for them. And, um, uh, Falcon. Falcon, Falcon, and, Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier just kind of set everything up um, that they had to to move forward with their characters and again a lot of background a lot of growth for both of them 
And I am excited because Loki's always been a wild card. And mm-hmm. I actually was rewatching um, the first Avengers movie maybe like a week ago. And I was like, wow, I really hate Loki. <laughs> but like, you don't hate <laughs> him at the same time. You know, he's just so complex and yeah. he's such a likable, hateable character at the same time. So I'm really excited to see what they do with him. That's a great choice for you to watch that film before you watch Loki. Yeah. yeah. I kind of just started yeah, yeah. an Avengers rewatch and I was like, okay, let me just catch that, my that, that's a good That's a good lean in. If you, like, if you watch Avengers and go right into Loki series, that's not a bad way to go. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> like, I want to say something else, but I feel like it would give something away. Like, there, right, no, nah, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to oh, say yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no. The, don't, don't ruin anything for it. It's not gonna, cause it, it's gonna cause people to ask questions, and you'll find. But there's, there, there is a link. To, they make a specific link to another movie that he was in, in yeah, within yeah, within I mean, the MCU timeline that ties specifically to the first episode of Loki. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you got a lot to, and then also at the time of this, or at the time of us recording this episode two is now available. So Bridget, you get That's to right. watch two episodes. You get a twofer. I'm never going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sleep. Other than that, um, I finally, I finally found, and you know, we were talking a couple weeks ago. We had uh, a Twitch streamer, a friend of ours named Andy. She's really into anime. We reviewed Eden, which was one of the anime uh, Netflix's first original anime, and then she also gave us some recommendations for an anime. So I started one on Netflix called One Punch Man. Man, it's mm-hmm. it's good. It's good. It's kind of like really? um, it's kind of satirical on the whole superhero. Like the guy is literally the strongest superhero. He can defeat anybody with one punch, but he's also dealing with like depression because nobody else can match him. So it's kind of that like that. It's kind of it's a weird dynamic, but it's I'm here for mm. it. It's yeah. Okay. It's kind of it's kind of out there all over the place as we've seen in other animes, but it's it's a good one. I, I'm it, right. but it's all but there's only Japanese subtitles, Matthew. There's no, there's no, there's no dub. You have to, you have to read the words. Oh no, <laughs> and that, that's fine. I'm He's not okay opposed with that. to it. I know. Yeah, I'm fine with it. But I'm, what, what, all I'm saying is that if there's an option, I'm not gonna ignore it. That's all I'm well, saying. There is no option. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta read. You gotta read. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, other great skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> other than that, that's all I got. What you got, Matt? Uh, so I've been, so I watched the new Angelina, uh, Angelina Jolie movie, uh, mm. those who wish me dead that was on HBO max. I think it's gone on HBO. I think it has, has left, but it will come back eventually. But it was one of those like same day as theater movies. So it was, it was only on there for about a month. And so the, the timeline was crunching down. So I want to watch it before I left HBO max and, uh, it was pretty good. So the director is Tyler Sheridan who also um, directed Hello, High Water. I believe he directed oh, Hello, High Water. What a crazy and, movie. Um, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. He wrote Hello, High Water. He directed another movie called Wind River, if you've seen that with um, actually Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, which was another great movie. And so this one was kind of like, you know, you know like, you, like you feel satisfied with a meal. Like you're not full, but you didn't come out empty. But like right in the middle there. That's how I felt with this movie. Yeah, it's just like, huh, I'm satisfied. It was like, good. It was nothing like, wasn't bad. It was good. It wasn't but bad. But it wasn't wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, give me more. I was like, 
Oh, like it was a different role for Angelina Jolie. I wasn't expecting this type of role to come out of her. Um, it's a it's a, a teenage murder, a teenage mur- a teenage murderer. That's not right. This is not a this is not Didn't a. Did you watch it? Like, I, I did. Well, I was up, I was about to read the bio that they had on IMDb, and I was like, a teenage murderer. I'm like, that's not right at all. That's that's not that's not what happened in the movie. So I'm not going to read the rest of it. <laughs> they led me astray. Um, but uh, Angelina Jolie is like dealing with um, like um, some sort of postpartum depression of an incident that happened in the in the wildfire that she was a part of. She's like looking. She's work. She works with like. Um, wildlife like forest fires so she's part of that and then there was a a, a bad one that happened a couple of years ago so she's dealing with that so she's got a little bit reckless in the meanwhile now this does seem a little random there was a an incident that happened with another storyline that's going on and they are they found some like this this the father of this little boy found information that he wasn't supposed to so you have this other group of people trying to kill them so the father and the boy is on the run and then that storyline meets up with Angelina Jolie's storyline with the woods and the fire. So, and so then it's it's hard to explain what exactly this movie was about because I felt like it was all over the place. But it kind of wrapped up, you know, and kind of blended quite nicely. And I was like, it's entertaining. Like, I, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't like, not satisfied with it. But, like, will I go back and rewatch it? Probably not. Um, but it was nice that it was on HBO Max. Like, it felt like an HBO Max original, not a movie I would have seen in theaters. So, totally fine with that. Um, I also started based off of a recommendation, Ernesto, that we had a couple, actually a long time ago. And in the spirit of musicals, um, I started uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist on NBC. Ooh. Yeah. Man. It was also yeah. just canceled. It was also just got canceled, yes, after two Dang. seasons. <laughs> but also, we stopped watching after two episodes. So... Oh. <laughs> like really i've we, heard so many good things look i i get it i just don't think i want to watch it like a 45 minute version of that every like like you know not not every week because we weren't watching it but like binging a 45 minute version of i hear songs inside my head that people are singing to me like i'm hearing their thoughts through song and like the diet and like the premise is fun but the way that they're handling it feels like I feel like I every time something happens I have more questions that they're not answering, and maybe like that's the part of the show like they might answer more while you continue watching it, but it's I'm not a I'm not feeling it. It's just like it's not it's not hitting the right notes so to speak. No. Um, there's also uh, a, like an, a more an emotional story. Where, as Scott was saying when we review, when he was talking about this show, that her father can't can't speak, so she's able to somewhat hear his thoughts and like, you know, have a deeper connection with her father to help her help them go through this process, and that's like the emotional hook that gets you, um, but it's not enough to save the show from me wanting to watch it more. Okay. So well. it also didn't help that it got canceled as I started it. So, so they made so like, the decision oh. for you. Yeah, like almost. I feel no yeah. need to continue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we're not getting any resolution whatsoever. It's not getting better. It's not getting worse. It's just here's just two seasons. Like, all right, I guess that's uh, moving on. I guess. Guess I'm done. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm done yeah, now. Manifested. <laughs> yeah, I got manifested. You did get manifested. <laughs> that's also, right. from the same network, NBC. Yeah. They just they're just and chopping shows left and right right now. The same cancellation. Like round two. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just like, yeah, like we're oh, not giving answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Exactly. Done. <laughs> like, you had a nice run. Goodbye. Um, and then also they're canceling, uh, or I guess they're really ending Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is also on NBC. So that show's going away. So, like, it's NBC, a good run, what are you though. doing right now? What's that, no, eight, eight seasons? seasons is not, That's yeah, a good eight run. seasons is nothing this time. But also, five, four or five seasons was on Fox. Oh, yeah. And then so, the remainder has, yeah. What's his name? The guy, the Tom, uh, the Good Place creator? Michael Shore? The, oh, Michael, uh, Shore, Michael yeah. Shore, yeah. So he was on, it was on Fox, and they moved it to NBC, and I remember listening to a podcast about all the changes they made once they moved it to NBC, like... That's why you saw a lot of more blurred butts and a lot more cursing. It's because NBC let them do a lot more than Fox. Mm-hmm. So you'll notice that shift kind of once they switch to the NBC seasons, you'll see you'll be able to tell the difference. Ooh, yeah, okay. there's actually a, a really, really funny joke that is I think is in the season five premiere, like the first episode out of the gate uh, when they when they launch on NBC. And to this day, it is one of the funniest like setups they've had and then the payoff later in the episode it is hilarious i don't know uh i don't want to give it away but since you're actively watching it but it is it is great just remember the abc's ernesto that's 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 what i'll, I'll tease you with <laughs> damn it okay. you know what I'm talking about bridget <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay all okay right. <laughs> all right all right it why'd you tell so me that great. like <laughs> <It's> not a, <laughs> it's like i want to know but it's like i don't want to know but i do want to know but I'm, I, yes. you know me. I'm good with, I'm good with waiting. I'd rather be surprised. Look, uh, yes, be surprised because the, the wait is worth it in this particular okay. case. Okay. Um, I also started a movie called, or I, I watched a movie called Chaos Walking, with oh, uh, the, Tom Holland Tom, and yeah. Daisy, yeah, Daisy Ridley, based off of a, I believe a YA novel series, um, about uh, people from Earth traveling to a different planet because their you know, Earth is being destroyed, kind of similar to how Wally is. Uh, and like they found a planet, but that planet, like there's like, they call it the first settlement or like first people to go on that planet. And they have more on the way for more people. And then when they get there, they discover that the minds of all men can be like seen. So like you have no privacy, I guess, because your thoughts are like in this bubble, like around you. So everyone can see your thoughts and it's only affecting the men and not the women. And and then da- <laughs> and then Daisy Ridley comes into play after coming in like she crash landed from the second settlement and she has been the first woman to be seen in years. So that's kind of where the story picks up. And uh, it doesn't quite get more interesting than that, to be honest. Really? It's a good yeah, setup. It's yeah, out, you, it's, you it, set it up really good. I know. Maybe you, you should write the film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't speak for the books. Because obviously mm. there was a popular book series, but the movie, uh. I felt like it just felt like, like you got Tom Holland, Spider-Man. You got Daisy Ridley, who plays Rey in, in, in the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. So, And you also, not, not to mention you have Mads Mikkelsen, you have oh, uh, wow. Nick Jonas, you got uh, other notable actors that I'm drawing a blank right now. The, the, the actor who played um, Selma, Mike, uh, uh, Martha Luther King, he was also in it. And um, it was a, it was a great lineup that I felt like it just felt short with the story of it all, and it just, it just feels like one of those movies that you that you pack with star power, but then when you go watch the movie, it lacks substance, mm. and um, and so it's like it's all style because I can see that you're you know you're you're giving me decent visuals to look at, but then when we get to the story, we're not we're not we're not quite there. Mm. So it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there, and that's kind of the it's unfortunate, but that's how I felt. 
Um, I got it from a library, so it's not available streaming anywhere, but I'm sure it will be soon. And uh, you guys can see for yourself whenever it does become available on streaming. But yeah, it fell short for me. But, you know, there was enough there that I wasn't 100% bored. Like, I'm willing to finish out the film. Um, but like at the end of it, I was like, all right, well, here we are. You know, you know what it reminds me of actually, if you, did you see the movie Passengers with Chris Pratt and Jennifer yes. Lawrence? Yes, I did. That's the exact same feeling that I had with it. I totally get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Great premise. And it's just yeah. like, oh, that was it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's exactly yeah. how I felt about it. All right. Um, yeah. The premise gets you, the star power gets you, but then when you get there, you're like, oh, all right. Um, And the last thing I watched in preparation for In the Heights was, are you guys familiar with Freedom, Love, Supreme? No. Mm -mm. No, No, I'm surprised as a Lin-Manuel fan. Well, apparently there was a documentary on Hulu. (laughs) I saw your face in it. Excuse me, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently Freedom, Love, Supreme was a a rap group that he started and was doing in New York before he, like in in the... Yes, and in the process of him writing In the Heights, he formed this group where they would rap about... It was, it was like an improv rap show that was mm-hmm. in New York that he started. And a lot of what In the Heights ended up being was what they were doing in improv. And it's called We Are Freedom Love Supreme. And apparently this show was brought in in the early 2000s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And they were doing it for a while. And then when the popularity of In the Heights was happening, and then especially the extreme popularity of Hamilton happened, they had to, like, you know, stop doing the show. And, like, different versions of the show was going on with different people. And they were trying to bring that alive. Um, Chris Jackson, who is famously George Washington and Hamilton, as well as um, in the, the Heights, he Betty. played Benny, right? Yeah. Um, he got his start, like that's where he met Lemon Mom Miranda, and so they were doing it together there. Um, and so it was just a fascinating documentary because in back in 2019, they brought the the group back together, and they did like a one time only show, and they did a documentary around that as well as showing old footage of um, you know what they the process they were doing to develop to develop Freedom Love Supreme and creating the safe space and a creative space for everyone to go off of um, that eventually led for, you know, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda to write in the Heights that he was, he was writing for, I believe nine years or maybe even longer than that. It could have been 10 years. He was writing in the Heights before, you know, it started getting picked up steam. So I, I knew this documentary was on Hulu. So I really wanted to watch it. It's a Hulu original documentary. uh, And I was really satisfied. I got, I think I felt like I learned more, and that helped me appreciate the creative process that they put into their work, as well as learn a little bit more about Lin-Manuel um, and, you know, kind of diving into In the Heights. I'll have to watch it. You know, I knew about the rap group. I didn't know what it was called, but I knew that's kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think you should. Ernesto, um, I think you should also watch it. Oh, I'm I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's already – so I already wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so like if you are a Lin-Manuel fan, you want a little bit more of a backstory, that, go to Hulu. We are Freedom Love Supreme. Uh, it was great because not only does it focus on Lin-Manuel, it does focus on Chris Jackson as well as the other members of the group. And there was one that I um, – I, I want to get his name right. But he was a, he's a famous comedian, and I don't even know he got his start there too. Like they discovered him, and he's good for uh, – he's known, known for rapping as well. Um, his name is – Art, I believe it's Arthur Lewis. No, that's not it. 
Hmm. Ed's name's not on here. That's strange. Cast and crew. Oh, here we go. Uthkirch uh, uh, and Bud Dark. I did not say that right at all. Sure. But <laughs> yes. But he's played in he's he he's played in other roles before, and I've seen him in other things. Um, so I know that, um, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you got your start here. And then that helped him. Like he was explaining how he went through like a brief time with alcoholism and the people from this group helped him through that. And then, then he has a career, um, actually Ernesto, he was the love interest and Brittany runs, Brittany runs a marathon on Amazon prime. If you remember that he was, she, when she was like, like babysitting the house, he was the other guy that was also in the house as well. Oh, um, Yes, I remember him. Yes, I re- yeah. yes, I remember. And he's been a lot of other comedic roles as well. Um, nothing like headlining, but like he's been side characters in a lot of different shows. But and he's uh, he's more a comedian. So yeah, uh, a stand-up comedian. But yeah, he's he's it was it was a really good documentary at the end at the, at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, you can find that on Hulu. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's all we've been watching. Uh, and with that, we're gonna move over to the moment that I know Ernesto and I'm sure Bridget has all been waiting for. We're going to dive in. We're going to give right now, give our spoiler review of Lemonwell Miranda's In the Heights that is currently in theaters and available on HBO Max for a limited time. Uh, so, Bridget, we're going to start with you. What were your thoughts on the film? So, I, I mean, I loved the film. Um, I'll be honest. I went, I saw it in theaters. I wanted the full experience. I mean, I was dancing. I was a sobbing mess um, at parts. I just, I loved it. I will say, though, as somebody who knows the musical through and through, um, I I can see why they made a lot of changes. Am I allowed to talk about the changes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we're full spoilers. Full spoilers, go ahead. Hold on, let me. She's like, I need to get comfortable then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's about, Uh, shit's about to get real right now. I got to adjust myself. (laughs) So I'm, I'm trying to start from, like, the beginning um so you know they changed first off how um the first note change that you see is how they killed um camila that in the musical um nina's mom isn't dead so when they changed that lyric i hadn't watched anything i know they put the eight minute preview out and i didn't want to i didn't want to listen to the soundtrack i wanted to go in fresh Mm -hmm. so when they like killed her off i was like why and then i guess they chopped off her songs and stuff, so I, I saw that. Um, I thought Nina was great. It took me a little while to warm up to Leslie Grace's Nina, but I think it was because I'm so used to Mandy Gonzalez's version of Nina. Um, and, you know, Nina's supposed to be a college freshman going into her sophomore year, so uh, let's see. I just um, – I'm going to jump around a little bit. How no, you're they changed, fine. Um, the lottery ticket situation that in the musical mm-hmm. you find out that she wins the lottery in the middle and it kind of drives the entire plot. Um, I understand why they changed it in the movie. They had to make it more cinematic. They had to like drag it out to the end. We find the lottery ticket in the end and it's very sweet, but I kind of liked how they did it in the movie a little bit better. I mean, in the musical a little bit better, if I'm being honest, just because, um, there were so many lines from the musical that had to be cut and shaped and moved to make the different plot kind of fit. Um, like, Carnaval del Barrio, 
it's supposed to be when everyone finds out that Abuela won the lottery and Blackout is when Usnavi finds out. And um, one of my favorite lines in the entire musical got cut, it's um, in Carnaval del Barrio when um, Sonny goes, you don't understand, I'm not trying to be funny. And Usnavi comes out and goes, we're going to give a third of the money to you, Sonny. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It hurts. They cut it out. It hurts so bad. And I, I understand movies and, and I, the musical in the end, the way it kind of resolves itself, he just realizes he's been home and everyone sings and cheers and, you know, but uh, it just hurt. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, we're we're going to dive into all of that because I have a lot of notes here dealing with all those comparisons. Um, but Ernesto, where, what are your thoughts, your, your initial thoughts on, on the movie? I don't know where to begin, (laughs) Uh, but no, a lot of it, Bridget, I actually agree with you a lot of that. I think I have the musical ingrained in my brain so hard that it became so hard. It actually, it was physically hard for me to like, to disassociate it. Like I had to like, kept telling myself like the movie and the musical are two different things. Like I have to, Mm -hmm. I have to stop watching the movie and comparing them because otherwise I'm not going to enjoy the movie. But I'm first, first off, like I, I love the film because I mean, if, even if it's not the true full form of in the Heights, it's still a version of in the Heights that they're giving us. But some of the changes like that they did it, just the changes that they made changed some of the songs in like yeah. really big ways. Like I actually didn't even think about that one, but that's a that's a good point. Like, you know, those those few things. And the one thing that they changed that I was actually okay with was the song Paciencia y Fe. Be the way because when she, when you originally hear that song in the Broadway, it's after she goes, it's after she buys the lotto ticket. Like the end of the song, you find out she's like, What am I gonna do with this winning ticket? what can i do but pray but like that's but like that's an important part of the song because that's when us as the audience realizes that she wins the ticket but in the film they use that song as her like her her death goodbye like you see that beautifully shot scene where like she's you see that she's in that limbo where she could either go to the light yeah and at the end they leave the line the same where she where she's talking to her mom but instead of her talking to her mom, like walking in the street, she's like actually talking to her mom in that in between spirit world. Like you can, you could see that she's closer to it. So I, out of everything, that'd yeah. be the one change I was. That's the one change that I was okay with. I agree. But they, but they, and they did cut out some songs. But they come out, they cut out some of my favorite songs, like. Well, I think it's Sunrise, where Nina mm-hmm. and, where Nina teaches Benny Spanish. Like that's such a yeah. beautiful moment in the show, where like you just you feel the emotion between them. Like that's just such a. I was I was sad that they cut that one out. The one song I was okay, I was okay with that they cut out was a song called Inutil. Inutil. <laughs> like the whole every time I hear it, it's like, uh, it's, it's like we don't need it. Like. <laughs> Like, we just really don't need it. It's like, there's that one part in the song where he goes like, and he slapped my face. (laughs) It's just just such a weird lie. And with that, they also cut out um, Enough. Yes. The mom song. And, like, it kind of makes sense because they dismantled and kind of like the calm, one of the conflicts in Benny and Nina's relationship. Because in the musical, um, 
Kevin doesn't really like Benny because he's not Hispanic. Like, there's a little bit of, like, undertone yeah. racism in the musical. And they go through that, and the mom, in enough, the mom comes in between them as, like, basically irons that out. So when you remove the mom, you remove the extra attention with Benny, you essentially don't need any of those songs anymore. That's true. Except for Sunrise, because the, it is a really pretty song. That is such a beautiful <laughs> song. Another song I was really sad that they cut out was Hundreds of Stories, which yes. I understand because in the song, um, you know, they talk about the ticket and what they're going to do. Like, and it's... But it's such a beautiful song between Abuela Claudia and um, Usnavi. Like I don't, I was, I was just really, I was really sad that they cut that one out. And I mean, also they just changed the whole order of the songs. Like after the yeah. opening number, I was like, Hannah, look, this this next song this is my favorite fucking song. I fucking <laughs> love this song. And then it was like, check one, two, three. I was like, well, that's not the song. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, I like this, like I like this song too, but this is not the song I was talking about. <laughs> This is Benny on the dispatch. No. <laughs> no, but and which brings me to my next point. You brought up um, Mandy Gonzalez's portrayal of Nina is unmatched. Her vocal yeah. range is absolutely phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. the the vocal, like just the vocals on the the Broadway recording in general is just yeah. it's number one. Like you just it just it's incomparable. Like I enjoyed her. But she's not Mandy Gonzalez. It like, took me a second to get into it. And I will say it's just like her. And, but I think that she did the character justice. I don't think she course. did a bad job. But I think no. it took me a second as somebody who's so used to Mandy to be like, this is somebody who's 18 or 19 who is scared. You know, she's not supposed to be this powerhouse. Like, And I'm not saying Mandy played it wrong, played it wrong either because goddess. Yeah. But, um, something how we were saying Paciencia and how they moved that after Blackout like I was bawling hysterically like I wasn't yes. even just oh. kind of crying during Paciencia and like I had snot running down my face oh I was it was, it was so beautiful It was, the way that it was shot just everything about it like that was my favorite number same same I think um, I think that's the one that did the film justice is specifically yeah. that number and um, how they chopped up songs Sorry, Matt. I know you said you had something about comparison, but we're um, blackout is normally it's a long song, like in, yeah. in the musical, and they had to change so much of it with the ticket because in blackout is when Usnavi and Awella, like Usnavi goes to check on Awella and she shows him she already has the money and she's like, I've never seen this yeah. much money in, money my, in life. my life. Yep. Yeah. With my All Star Broadway Tony Award. That was beautiful. <laughs> You're welcome. You could be um, Bandy. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch out. Um, Watch out. But and then they changed the fight scene that was supposed to be. Again, they cut out all the other tension between Benny and Nina. So the fight scene in Blackout was between Vanessa and Usnavi. And when that happened, I was like, wait, hold up a second. <laughs> and not only that, they changed that whole scene in the club. Like I love the yeah. and you bring it. You just reminded me. In the Broadway, in the the the, cl- the song "The Club," it, mm-hmm. you know when she comes in, it's like that. I love that little exchange between Benny and Nina. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the girl who lost us our job today. Yeah. I'm gonna make it right. A toast to the end of all I know. Oh, I just that yeah. that whole riff between them is so beautiful. I was so I was so sad that they cut that out. But mm-hmm. I mean, but then at the end of the day, I have to remember, you know, yeah. it's they had to. I mean, the movie was two hours and twenty minutes long, so they, it already did have a pretty had a pretty good yeah. length time. And, and you know, I have to remind myself that it's not it can't be 
beat for beat the show. It had there there were gonna make some changes. Um, which is Matt, I kinda wanna go to you because you with mm-hmm. this a completely outside perspective, <laughs> only seeing the film first, like what was your take going into this property? Well, it's true because he has a completely it, altered, you know, perception yes. than me and you. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm listening to you guys go back and forth. And Bridget, this isn't the first time when we had a guest on and either the guest and I or Ernesto and the guest would just go off or something. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just like, either one of us is like, oh, well, I mean, I know I know it's called Box Office Vengeance, but really it's like one Box Office Vengeance, somebody else over there. But either way, you know what I mean. It's, it, listening, it listening is a very important skill, though. Exactly. It, <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely. Yeah, you're reading and now you're listening. <laughs> Active um, listening. <laughs> act, no, no, but act, but you're absolutely right. Active listening is is important because I'm getting I'm absorbing all your information right now to expel what I'm about to say. So, for, like Ernesto was saying, I want to first preface a lot of things. Well, first of all, I really like the movie. I I love the movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I've seen the movie twice now. Once in the theaters, once at home. Uh, I've listened to the movie version soundtrack twice, the Broadway version three times because I had to hear the other version of it to make that comparison and you know feel what you guys are feeling. Um, but I, I also want to say that I, um, I do feel like that by listening to the Broadway version, however, uh, and really getting familiar with the music and understanding the lyrics. I was given a different perspective on the story. So, like, by watching the movie first and then then listening to the Broadway version, I was like, okay, I understand, you know, the things they cut out. I can understand. Obviously, I was able to pick up that there was a mother. Like, that was a big that was a big one for me. It was like, oh, Nina has a mother. That well, that wasn't in the movie version at all. Yeah. And so, like, and you and obviously you can see the order is definitely mixed up and how the songs were laid out. Um, and it and it's crazy how you can. And for me, anyway, how I was able to listen to the soundtrack and watch the movie and like really like everything you guys were saying, I feel like that I I like, oh, yeah, no, no, those those like I was able to pick up on those differences um, immediately. <laughs> immediately. And because and maybe I'm not sure if all musicals are like this, but maybe it's just Lin-Manuel Miranda that since most of it is a musical, you're able to, you know, the whole story is laid out in song. So, I mean, vividly, I, I was able to like match up the parts in the musical than it is in the, in the movie and then pick out the differences. And I feel like after watching the movie first time and I watched it cold, like I didn't hear any of the music except for what was given in the trailer. I was going into this new, this brand new experience through the movie. And then later I was able to listen to the Broadway version and then eventually the movie version when that came out. Um, and then when I went into the movie the second time, I had so much of an appreciation for the story because I had invested so much time listening to what they actually had to say in in that. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from movie first and not really – so I didn't really like, you know, have all these many years to listen to a particular version of a song. I, you know, I was able to like really consume all of this within the week and kind of formulate a lot of my opinions on it, one of them being – um, the, for me, the biggest thing, and you guys have already touched upon it, the, uh, Piencia Fe song. And I know Piencia. I rolled, you did, you, you got I know, close. I, I, know, I, I know. I love, I you know what, man? I gotta, I love and appreciate your effort because <laughs> I could, I saw it on your face. She's like, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna I'm say gonna go it. For it. <laughs> and it was funny. I, I feel like I can sing it. Not as well as her, but like, I was like, <laughs> Piencia Fe. Like I can go for it. Piencia. Like, you got it. You're close. Paciencia. Pa- 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 Paciencia. Pa- 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 no, she's yes. got a C. Paciencia. 
Paisencia. 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 You're switching up the I and the C. Okay, either way, we're, we're, we're going to You got to close it up. You got to close You know exactly what I'm talking about, damn it. <laughs> you tried. I did try. Um, that was obviously the biggest change I noticed because, first of all, it was way early in the in the in the Broadway version. So when yeah. I was listening back to it, and then she's and then you get the lines like, "So I have this lottery ticket." I'm like, "Excuse me, uh, hold up a minute. <laughs> this is not what the movie said." Um, and and to your point, Ernesto, the fact that she was like, it's crazy how you can have the exact same song. And have two completely different meanings based on the Broadway version and and the movie version. And I, I can't imagine there being a dry eye in the theater when you're watching that. And Beautiful. she's like, no. and then at the very end, she's like, okay, mama, let's go. Oh. And you're like, oh, no, no, no oh, man. man. I'm telling you, you just said that and I'm thinking yeah. about it. I'm literally getting chills just thinking about this shit. Go ahead. Sorry. All you heard, I went to like a t- thursday 2 p.m showing and it was a very quiet theater i've seen like people had like theaters that were dancing mine was not like that mine was very quiet you all you heard was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah it's, it's it's such an emotional scene and it's funny because i watched this movie the second time at home on hbo max and i um uh and and megan she's not really big into musicals i can feel that she wasn't getting into the movie as much as i did and mm. you know stuff like that but when that song finished, however, she was like, like, like that got her. She's like, that was the best part of the movie. Yeah. And like, and for, for somebody who wasn't really enjoying it throughout and then to really pick out that moment, you know, that that's just a powerful, powerful scene. You could yeah. just tell, you could tell they put a lot, you could just tell how much care and effort they put. Like, obviously there's a lot that went into just everything and every number, but yes. there's just, I just felt like it was an elevated level of care went into the production of that number being portrayed on screen. Yeah, I agree. And, like, sorry, with how they changed it, like I said, I understand movie to musical, different audience, different medium. But how they did it fading out of Blackout, which I was devastated that was, like, chopped up so much, how they kind of faded into it and had her, like, sitting there on the couch. Like, in the musical, you don't really see her death. Osnavi comes out um, Mm -hmm. and announces it on the step in the beginning of Alabanza. He comes out and he goes um tell the whole world let everyone you know abuela claudia has passed away mm-hmm. and then you start they start alabanza so which I is another that, one that oh yeah i know destroyed me Be- so, and, yeah. and it's just and i think that well at least for me personally that ties to like i just i like this show just like speaks to me as a human <laughs> being like just being a first generation latin you know my parents immigrated for you i'm getting choked up just thinking about it and like Abuela Claudia really, like, her essence of a character just reminds me of my grandmother who came over here and immigrated. And, you know, she stayed in a two-bedroom apartment with eight other people. So to, like, that song, like, you can really feel their struggle. And it just just reminds me of them. And after I lost them, like, just hit, oof. Every time I hear that song, like, and even just thinking about it, but yeah. see, but that's what this show does to people. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it just hits, it just hits me on a different level. Like, like literally we were sitting there and my wife just like reached her hand over because she already knew. She already knew. I was sitting in the chair and I was just like sobbing like a, like a small child. Like I was boohoo crying. Yep. <laughs> it was and beautiful. How, and how they did it with like, first, like I, I'm Venezuelan. So I feel like Abuela Claudia 
is everybody's Hispanic typical grandmother, yes. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I think everyone can see their grandmother in it. And, like, the music... Even with the bata. <laughs> yeah, with the, with the bata and cooking and, you know, the little, yes. the little hand-sewn napkin yeah. that every grandmother has. And um, I felt that, too, because so when the musical came out, was I watched it, I think, in 2009 and then back in 2011. Um, I think, yeah, about, about that timeline. So let's say, what, maybe, like, 10 years, like, I... Like, my own mother is also older. Like, I have older parents. So now, like, it's kind of hard because I see that in my mother. So when she was, like, laying down on the couch watching everybody play, and then she was, like, slowly dying, as soon as she, like, kind of started closing her eyes, I was like, this is it. (laughs) This is what is happening. (laughs) It was automatic, though, but it was so beautiful. And then Alabanza, like, those harmonies Mm -hmm. just, like, strike the soul. It's so simple, but it's just so good. Oh, yeah. And the way they build that melody up in that song, like it just, yeah. and it's just right to the, right to the end. Oh. And um, you guys might know this already. I don't know if, if you do or not, but um, Abuela Claudia is the original Broadway performer as well. Right. I, I, I did recognize, I recognized yeah. her voice, but I wasn't a hundred percent, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I did recognize her voice. Which I and thought was great. That was beautiful. That was great. I was going to say that, I was going to say the same thing is that like, it really builds that, you know, that level of authenticity for not only the people watching the movie for the first time like myself but also for the fans of the broadway musical mm-hmm. like the fact that you were able to get the original actress to uh, and performer who to, to yeah. do that song and to play that role and like it just transcends in so many different directions yeah. um it's, it's it was it was again one of the best scenes in the film and you know i i hope it gets some attention because i think it, it really deserves it it was such a powerful scene that was, and, and and I mean, I know we've been, you know, caught up on this one particular scene. There's a whole other movie to talk about, uh, but it it just it, that just speaks to how you know important it was to the film. And that's why when I heard the Broadway version, and I was like, oh, she's like, I almost got not disappointed, but like, oh, she's talking about a lottery ticket. Like, I thought she was about to like, I thought her death was just like earlier in the Broadway version. I didn't realize that. Like, oh, like, oh, she's talking about she won the lottery, and so like they gave out that you know that reveal earlier. And we're at the very end, which I think it – I don't know. I think it serves better that we didn't find out about the lottery ticket until the very end because then you have that great scene with um, uh, Usnavi where he is – he's like packing up everything and he finds his little thing in the corner by the by the window. And he's like, no, nah, no, you didn't. You did yeah. not just play, You did not just do this right now. You did not. And I, he gets yeah. – No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just like that, that – like you can see him like looking up. I'm like, you – there's no like you did this on purpose, didn't you, Abuela? Like you 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 did that. I I feel you, Matt. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. But I just I don't I just didn't I would I would prefer to have the trade off because you get when you get that you get a lot of other moments and a whole other song just That's just true. from that one fact that one fact ripple effects so many other things so many other great moments throughout the show and I mean I understand the. Taking it the immigrant angle, but like I was, I'm perfectly fine with the original storyline for the show. Like giving, giving him the money, giving, just giving him the money to start his life as mm-hmm. a, as a young Latino in Washington Heights. But I mean, I understand them wanting to touch upon, try to just try to make it more relevant to society today. I mean, and technically, you know, Usnavi gave all of it to, to some. Yeah. Like in the he, movie, he gave him all, all of it. In the show, he gave him a third. Yeah. It, right, well, I guess technically like, half. <laughs> right, I was about Claudia to say. Died. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and so, 
and and so I again now we're getting into it that I kind of want to talk about how the movie kind of gave us an angle with Usnavi and the fact that he was telling a story the whole time. Was that in the Broadway version at all? Was he telling a story to the audience? Were we, you know, you know, it kind of like it looks like because the movie opens up with him like on this beach and he's telling children about this magical land of Washington Heights. So, and... yeah, no, not at all. Sorry, I totally cut you off. I'm no, no, really go mean. ahead, go ahead. <laughs> um, not at all. Uh, so, and this is kind of goes back to what I was saying that I understand why they kind of had to change things to make it in a big screen like medium. Um, you kind of just see everything happening. And there are some moments when, like, Usnavi will say something to the audience, but for the most part, there's no children. In the mu- in the musical, he doesn't get married to Vanessa. Like, what? Wait, yeah, hold so up. That's what I'm saying. So the ending to the musical is very anticlimactic, and that's why I think they changed everything for the music. So the very last song, Home, um, when Usnavi's ready to go and packs up, in the musical, um, Graffiti Pete, pulls down a grate, the grate to the bodega, and he's spray-painted an image of Abuela Claudia on it. And mm. that's what makes him realize that he already is home. Like, there was no, like, studio or bodega with fashion show. There was no, like, plot past Vanessa. Like, he basically just says in the thing, like, Vanessa, like, you're here, I'm staying, this is my home. They sing home, lights go down. Mm-hmm. So it's very anticlimactic. Like, it's it's a beautiful story, but they it wouldn't have translated well on the big screen. That's a good point. That's a yeah. really good point. I feel the show, the Broadway is like more open-ended. Like you're, it's yeah. left to your own interpretation of what you think their successes would be so from that point on. There was no kids. There was no fashion. Yeah. Like it just ended with him being like, you know what? I'm going to stay. And then yes. <laughs> So hold on. It's more implied. So, was there at all a fashion angle with Vanessa in the Broadway version? No. She just, Not that she, I remember. She wanted to get out. Like, that was, that was her thing. And there might yeah. have been, that I, like, I'm very minor. But, like, that whole, like, spray paint thing that she picks up a rag and has no inspiration never happens. Well, I mean, I figured as much that that maybe didn't exa- happen the exact same way. But I would assume that, you know, yes, I understood that Vanessa wanted to get out of Washington Heights. And, uh, but she also had a passion for fashion. No, no yeah. rhyme intended <laughs> on that, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, like, I figured that would have been translated as well. That's and, interesting. That that wasn't included. That there that wasn't prominent. Been, maybe it was minor, but it wasn't prominent enough for like me to remember it. Um, but yeah, that whole when the like she doesn't turn his bodega into a fat like into a a design studio. Not that he didn't move, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the beach background with in the musical is a, a painting of Oba Claudia. So with with that in mind, did you like, I mean, despite what you feel like should be on the big screen or not, based on what you felt like should have, how the movie ended, do you either understand or you preferred that ending or you would have preferred a different ending? Bridget, I'll start with you. I liked the ending in the movie. I did. I think it put a bow on it. I put, you know, like it, it really didn't give you a lot of imagination, imagination kind of just told us where everybody ended up and it. Again, I think it's what that medium needed. I liked it, though. I liked seeing him end up with Vanessa. I liked seeing the little kids. And I think that they still ended it in a way that makes you feel like he's home by having home still be the final number and everybody out in the streets. I, I think it was a good ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say, though. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I will say, though, that I was very thrown off from the beginning when they were in the beach. And I was like, so did he, like, he made it? Like, he's there? Like, <laughs> yeah. who are these children? <laughs> like, so right. w- w- 
Is that where you were thinking throughout the whole film that he yeah. was just telling the story at the, the Dominican Republic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought he was at his dad's uh, his dad's place that he rebuilt and he finally got it to where he wanted. But it made it confusing for me because then I was like, okay, like he was talking about Sonny. There was a point where he was talking about the people and all the kids were nodding their heads. And I was like, is everyone on this island with him? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you they know, all it, fly too? It's funny because I, I felt the tone of that as well. And so like about halfway – I'm like, is this a is this a beach somewhere in Washington Heights? Like, I had our I had I had that feeling that he wasn't where he was, mm-hmm. and like and it's very and it's funny that you were like being confused throughout the whole movie, and I'm like something's not right here, mm-hmm. and and me not knowing exactly where the movie was gonna end up, but I think it was a nice little twist because when the when yeah. we get to the end of the movie, you see all those little trinkets. That mm-hmm. was displayed throughout the story, like it's yep. specifically the Tide pen and the uh, the scratch uh, disc that Abuela liked, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the, the the paint rags that I think were also on display, and a whole bunch of other things that were the winning lottery ticket was also there as well. Yeah. So yeah, like all those like little little tokens of of the movie was all displayed in in his little shop. Ernesto, what what uh where do you think of how that story angle went? So. Yes, I like the ending, but I do. There's just something about the way the, and I think it just goes back to the way I like the wording of the music, like changing mm-hmm. some of the words of the song. Like, like I don't remember if he says it in the end of the movie version, but in the end of the song, in the end of the Broadway version, he's like he talks about Abuela Claudia and telling her story, you know. And in the show, he like looks mm-hmm. back at her. I would have loved to her been in the mural somewhere. Like mm-hmm. maybe not of it being Dr. Of, or the island or the or of what he, of what he was looking for. I would have loved that she would have been a part of that, so she could have been a part of that number because she was a big part of what tied that community together. They had a little bit. So they, there was one part that, and it was very fast. So you yeah. maybe that maybe I missed it. Paciencia fe on it on the mural, and they had a uh, picture of her. But it's yeah, they, the same there was a mural. The whole yes. mural. Yeah. No. There was like an that was the yes, you're right. So there was fast. a mural. Yes, yeah. it was. I must have I must have missed it then, but it you know, but it but but it's still a total opposite from the mm-hmm. show. Whereas Bridget was saying, whereas the mural, the the pull down grade on the mural was the was the main focal point. Uh, and and it's funny because like you were talking about that the the, the Broadway was open ended, whereas the way when I walked out of the movie, I was like, okay, we have a resolution for Usnavi and Vanessa, but what about Benny and Nina? Like the uh, last time the last did. time we see them. They were just, you know, singing on top of, <laughs> singing on, <laughs> like on, on, rocking on, on, up a rooftop, rocking up a rooftop and, and buildings and whatever. <laughs> and 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 so my, I saw this movie with my sister, and she's like, "That's a little much." It's like, and she's, I, I think they were kind of playing along with the whimsical aspect yeah. of of yeah. it all, and and probably they're like, "Look, a fantastical element of a musical." So like that didn't bother me as much, um, but like that's the that's the last time like they had like you know. The song that we had a great summer and we're gonna be together. You know, you're gonna go off and I'm gonna wait for you. Basically, uh, th- is that what the song is called? Um, I forgot uh, exactly the what the song is called that they sing. When the sun yes, goes when the sun goes down. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so like, and that, and after that, we get a, a a voiceover from Usnavi saying that um, Nina went on a train by herself because basically she's stubborn and went back to Stanford, and that was it. We didn't even see Benny after that. So, like, did we get any more context in the Broadway version of where that story ends up? It pretty much ends the same way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but it's it's it's, it's more of an impl- it's it's more of an implication of where of where you think they're going. 
Like, oh, this is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, it's very open-ended. <laughs> It was like, not, I, literally I feel the, like... the musical just ends and Snobby's like, okay, I'm staying. <laughs> Curtain down. <laughs> I got money. Home, dude. <laughs> That's it, though. It literally goes, home, there's a beat, and the curtain slams down. That's it. Yeah. Like, I'm rich now, bitches, <laughs> and I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the money. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I... I, I don't know. I feel like that if we if we took the time to wrap up Usnavi's and Vanessa's story, one could like one of those kid could have been Benny and Nina's, and like they're all just like yeah. walking back. Like they could have been in the final number two, is what I'm saying. Like, hey, can I go out? And they're like, go ahead, go go play by the by the pool or whatever. And then as they're singing home, you have you know Benny and Nina also like walking into the frame and like holding on to their kid or whatever. And like I think that would have been like just enough for me to be like, oh okay, so they ended up together and they had a. They, they started a family or something. And it's funny that, that the fact that that didn't happen in the Broadway version either, that since you, you made the effort to do that in the, in the movie version for two of your main characters, why not do it for all of your characters? And the kind of the same goes for Sonny. Like, I would have loved to, maybe not give me, not like black and white give me answers, but I was also would have loved to see him in the final number as well. Because can we kind of leave him on a somber note. Is like, here's all this money to try to get documented. Um, since he's an uh, undocumented immigrant living in Washington Heights. So like, now he wants to get his green card. And now Usnavi gave him all the money to get his green card. And we're kind of like, well, it's going to be a rough road. Are you here for it? Yeah, I'm here for it. That's it. That's the last time we hear for it. So I don't know. I think I would like to get more closure on that as well. Yeah. And that, Sonny, I, I, I get that. And the musical, I mean, Sonny has the money, kind of helps Usnavi run the bodega, but they they didn't really put too much of a plot behind that um because the undocumented sunny being undocumented is something that they added for the movie mm, right so, right yeah yeah um let's talk about some of the other songs we talked a lot about i'm gonna i'm gonna go, i'm gonna try for it again ernesto here we go go ahead uh pasencia was that close Pas- not even yeah. cl- right, let's Pas- just give it to him yeah. Okay, sure. You got it. <laughs> Ife, got it. We talked all about that one. Um, what about some of the other songs that were uh, that were in there? What, what are some of your favorites that you actually kind of liked in the in the movie version compared to the Broadway version? Ernesto, I'll start with you. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, the main one that I really liked from the movie version is Paciencia y Fe. Um, okay. Really, other, nothing from the other, no, no other songs. You're like, damn, that that's that's a bop right there for the movie. No, version. I mean it's good, but it's not better than the Broadway. Like okay. it's it's a good alternative. Like if I were to watch the movie, it's I it's a good alternative, but it just damn, it doesn't compare. I just I'm sorry, it just doesn't compare to the vocals from the from the original Broadway cast. Okay, like so I, what is what is your favorite song from the from from the soundtrack then? From the original soundtrack? It, it, I, I mean, it's both. Broadway, or, Broadway or movie? The what movie. are you asking? From the, the movie? movie. Yes. I told you, Paciencia y Fe. Well, I meant like okay, I, okay, that is, I guess from the Broadway version as well then. The Broadway version would be Breathe. Breathe. Okay, so you like that? Andy Gonzalez heard. If you have you, I mean, obviously you've heard it. Like, yes, I've heard it. Her yes. rendition of that song is absolutely incredible and when she gets into it oh my gosh it's beautiful it's i don't know how you can compare although (laughs) although i will say watching it live the number i really enjoyed would be um blackout and ninety six thousand because you in the richard's roger theater you know they have that 
the middle of the stage freaking rotates. So like that whole number and the way that Lynn Manuel and you see it a lot in Hamilton too, the way he crosses melodies over like that and just like seeing people live, like you know, people harmonizing, groups of people harmonizing differently and having mm-hmm. to cross over each other and like be able to stay on beat, like that's incredibly hard to do. Mm-hmm. So it's just I just really that was beautiful to see on stage. But listening, breathe on the Broadway, Paciencia y Fe in the movie. Okay, Bridget, what about you? Um, I think my favorite song from the musical is actually 96,000. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love it. And Carnaval del Barrio is also, because it's just so, it's just so cheerful. Um, one of my, the songs that I really liked in the movie um, is When You're Home. Um, I, I love when that song. You're home. Yeah. yeah, the street's yeah. a little. I love it. I love it in the musical. I, lo- I and I loved it in the um, movie too. I think they did such a good job um, singing it together, and that's such like an emotional song. Yeah. And it's just it's one of the songs I feel like isn't one of the main ones. You know, it's not talked about as much. And I think in the movie Ninety Six Thousand, the pool scene that they did with Ninety Six Thousand, just everybody at the pool trying to figure out who has the ticket. Like I, I, I thought they did a great job and all the synchronized swimmers around Vanessa. I think that was great. You know, it, it's funny because I watching this, like there's a, a, a bunch of songs that I gravitated toward mm-hmm. and looking, it's not, you know, I'm not surprised that these were also the popular songs. One of them being, I loved how the movie opened. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like in within the Heights, it's, the it's, it's the intro. It's, it's such a great intro. It's like, and like for some reason, the part that gets stuck in my head, and I don't know why, is how how it goes. Good morning, Usnavi. And like for some reason, cafe con leche. Yes. Put twenty dollars like, on today's lottery. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what did he say afterward? He said, he said something something. It's gotta be. Oh well, shit! <laughs> you got can't pull me out of rhythm. I, I, I know, I, I'm so sorry. I'm and so the sorry. thing, it's oh, I don't know the movie one. I've listened musical, but in the musical, it's like she goes, one ticket, that's it. Hey, a, a man's, man's got, got a, dream. a dream. Don't yes. mind him, he's all excited. Cause Nina flew in at 3 a.m. last week. Don't last look week. at me. This one's been cooking all week. Usnavi, <laughs> come over for dinner. There's plenty, There's plenty to, to eat. eat. And yeah. it's so funny in the movie <laughs> version, they're like Abuela's cooking dinner, and then we gotta eat. We so got like, to eat. I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, there, there's very subtle differences, and it's funny how like certain versions of the song that a, a slight inflection that's that's sung differently, and it just like really puts you out of the mood depending on what version you're listening to. One of them being for me is in when the the scene in the club. The, the club mm. scene where Usnavi is like Vanessa's dancing with all the all the all the guys, the guys. and um, and Usnavi's getting jealous, so he just starts randomly talking to the person next to him, and he's saying all those cliche the cliche lines. Yeah, that that's that's in like you know typically what you like. Oh, you are you know you you look beautiful and whatever the, whatever he's he's saying, and when she responds with no habla inglés or. Uh, you're right. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes, exactly. So for me, I loved I well not loved, but I liked the inflection that was in the movie version better, where he was like, Yes, like like okay, good, she didn't hear it. Whereas Limited Wells version in the Broadway, he's like, Yes and I'm like, it's I'm more not. exaggerated. It's more exaggerated <laughs> it's more exaggerated for the stage. Yes. Exactly. And so for I me I was dancing. Who? 
Yes. The dancing's oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, but it's funny because like you get hung up on those little details when you're listening to it. Where I was like, no, I sorry, the movie did it a little bit better on that. And on just the one inflection, not the song in, in general, just the one way he said it. Um, and the same kind of goes for, uh, you know, I liked Sonny's voice in the Broadway version than I do in the movie version, especially when he's rapping in 96,000. Yeah, and like for Jackson, we expect. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't Sonny, was it? No, Sonny, I'm sorry. No, you said Benny. Sonny. I thought you said Benny. No, no, sorry. Sonny, yeah. I agree, and he's though. Like, and he's rapping in the pool. And even even the other scene where uh, he's asking Vanessa out for Usnavi, and uh, and like in the Broadway version, he's like, like a drunk Cheetah Vivera. <laughs> and then like he says it so like that. And in the movie version, it's like, like a drunk Cheetah Rivera. And like it's it's so different in the inflection. I was like, the Broadway version did it better, and I'm just nitpicking here. Yeah. And it's so weird at how much you get caught up on. But the yeah. like the versions that I feel like do a really good job of keeping it like in sync for me was in the heights. Like the opening number felt very similar to me. Like I didn't have a lot to pick from it. Um, but also um, Benny's dispatch. Like I was like, <laughs> I really enjoyed both versions of it equally. Mm-hmm. It's really? Like, it's so yeah, – yeah, to me, like, they're, I – They're, they're I, pretty I, much the same. It's pretty much the same. And then it's also, like – like, I think Benny as a character is, is, is great. Like, any musical number that he's in was, like, really um, – was really good. I just like also like just the rhythm. It's like test one, two, three. It's Benny on the dispatch, and then he just goes into a whole bunch of rhyming that I'm not gonna even try. Uh, but it's just like it's so it's a hyped up beat that like it just gets you like really like yeah. Like, I just wanna you bounce up and down like it's, it's really catchy. <laughs> That's like I'm here oh, for it. Like I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just the biggest things were like for me the the best songs were in the heights, uh, ninety six thousand, and I really like blackout. Uh, mm. Like. Um, which version? Uh, was Which it? version uh, do you like uh, better, though? To me, it's the same. It feels the same to me. It's, it's just not, like uh, <laughs> it's not. It's funny. It's funny. You guys are both shaking your head. Like you guys, you're absolutely wrong. It's like um, I love your opinion, but it's it's wrong. We are powerless. They riff. They go. They go off. I guess just thinking the Broadway, they go off those riffs a little bit more. You you know, you just get a little bit more with those riffs there. Uh, that, I mean, that's fair. I'm trying to remember, like, it's been stuck in my head this whole time, and now that I'm talking about it, I forget it. Uh, but it's like, um, uh, it's the, it's the, it's the fireworks. It's like, back up, back up, back up. And then, yeah, 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 uh, um, damn, oh, look at the fireworks, Fireworks, the fireworks, fireworks, yeah, fly, light up the night sky. Yes. Uh, to me, that gets stuck in my head all the time. Like, I'm, was that like a, um, a halfway point? In the song? Was, yeah, so um, yeah. it's right in the intermission, so that is the intermission. So, like, I feel it when I'm listening, when I'm listening to it. Like, this feels like an, like about to go to an intermission song because, like, the whole crowd's together and, like, things are wrapping up. Um, and even going back to the club scene, you said that Benny and Nina had a fight where um, – and I – for some for some reason, I like the fight in the movie version where Usnavi goes uh, – and, like, he's like, I'm trying to dance with me. Like, you – like – He's like, you're kidding me. You've been shaking your ass for half of the heights, and he's like, and then she goes real nice. And I don't know. It's like that that back and forth. Just like it just felt organic. Like yeah, somebody would have that conversation back and forth and be frustrated, but you did it lyrically, and so it's better. <laughs> okay, I get you. I mean, I still think uh, the Broadway version was better between um, Benny and Nina. No, it's not Nina. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. 
Did I say that right? No, I said that wrong. Nina, Nina, Benny Nina. Nina. Yeah. Yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I, I think their riff back and forth during the club that they cut out in the film. I mean, mm-hmm. you get that same kind of riff. You just get it in Blackout, and you get it with two different characters, I feel. Right, like. exactly. Like, it was the same exchange, just two different characters in a different area. Yeah. And and it's interesting because, again, I feel like, you know, it feels like you're biased because you're, you know, you you live with the Broadway version. I'm biased because I was introduced <laughs> to this through the movie version. So we're kind of going back and forth on how we felt the portrayal and how the story was taking place. Um, but, but speaking of that, we got a lot of fun cameos in the movie as well. Sure did. Uh, Obviously, Lin-Manuel and Chris Jackson reprised their role. <laughs> well, not, no, I'm sorry, they didn't reprise their role, but they made appearances in in the in the movie version. And yeah. uh, what do you think of uh, their cameos in the film? Bridget, we'll start with you. I loved it. I think it was um, special for them to kind of hold that place, you know, and have kind of like set themselves as they you know they were the originals i love putting chris jackson's mr softy i was like yes as soon as i saw that i was like perfect yes mm-hmm. uh, i do think um lin-manuel did Piragua very over the top as he as Piragua guy is um but no i mean i was just so happy honestly to see both of them and i think it, um lin-manuel for him it's very important to put himself in his projects and he takes pride in what he does um so I think it, it was a good spot to put him in Piragua. Because honestly, I mean, yeah, he, he's a lot older than Usnavi is now. But when I first heard that they were doing it in the Heights movie, I fully expected him to put himself as Usnavi. I was ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready. I mean, and and he's, he's old older now, so I'm glad he didn't. But I still would see that hint, like that being a Lin-Manuel move to put himself as Usnavi. And I know that he cares and has a very special spot in his heart for um, Anthony Ramos. He posted about him a couple years ago and was like, can't wait for you guys to see what this man can do. So I think it was great for him to step back and kind of give it to somebody else, but still be able to put himself in a small role and just be like, hi, I'm still here. <laughs> and also a very funny role too. Like I, yeah. I think I laughed harder when I listened to the Broadway version because there was, there was the original and then there was a reprise version mm-hmm. that I was kind of disappointed that they didn't put in the movie, but then they did it as an end they credit scene. End, yeah. yeah, I didn't, yeah, even, yeah, I didn't even know that. If Matt had to show yeah. me that, I didn't find that out until later on. And I was so happy that that was there because that was in my notes. I'm like, oh, this is another song they didn't put in the movie. And then I was like, no, wait, yes, they did. And it's such a great, and it's such a great. And like, if you were to put an end credit scene for that movie, that would be it. Yeah. Like, I I love that it was at the end. It was like a little a nice little lot nod, not only because it was in the Broadway version, but it's also you know putting you know Chris Jackson and Lin Manuel together again mm-hmm. uh, for that one scene. Ernesto, what were your thoughts on? bringing them together and for uh, oh i loved it i I mean i mean very same i i loved it i thought it was great did you catch the other cameo matthew i did catch the other cameo because uh, when that when that happened i was like what the fuck is that about like like just a couple 10 seconds for those who don't know i mean he was only in it for one scene but mark anthony was in the movie oh that's not the cameo i was talking about that's not the one i was thinking you were talking about either Oh, well, I was talking about Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony played Sonny's father when yeah. um, Usnavi went to go talk to him, which is the one you were talking about. Uh, Bridget, I'll, I'll see which one you were talking about because uh, I'm not sure if we were talking about the same thing. Um, I'm looking at mine to make sure I wasn't wrong, so you go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, I The one that, that caught my attention instantly was um, You'll Be Back was playing as the – Oh, uh, yeah. On on hold music, tone. the weight tone. 
Did you not catch that, Ernesto? No. Wait, whoa. So when, Where? When, okay, okay, hold on. So when, when Kevin was on the phone with Stanford, he was on hold getting the information for like like cause in the scene Stanford picks up and is like, "Hi, yes, no, you can still apply." Like you 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 didn't miss the enrollment date for um for Stanford, so you can still, you know, pay for next semester. So but while he was waiting on hold, you hear and so like to me I, I picked it up instant like oh shit uh, so that was a fun little nod to to Hamilton as well um, but also uh, uh, well uh, before I get into that uh, Bridget did you find was that was that the same one we were talking about no keep going <laughs> okay alright so she's gonna keep, she's look for it um, but uh, Ernesto what do you think about Anthony Ramos portraying Usnavi kind of filling in the shoes for Lin-Manuel. And also, I feel, I for me personally, I like that they kept it within the family because he was also in Hamilton. Yeah. So the fact they were able to take somebody from Broadway, bring him onto the big screen, play a, a, a lead, um, and also know the style of what you know, Lin-Manuel likes and bring that to the character. Did you like that he was in the role? Do you still wish yeah. Lin-Manuel kind of... I mean, well... You're asking me if I would much rather have Lin Manuel as Usnavi, <laughs> and the answer is yes, of course. Because, but that's because of his. Then you're asking me if I could get, if I have an option to get the original voice of Usnavi in mm-hmm. the role. I mean, they could DH him. I mean, they could age him down, true. slim him. He could slim up for it. He could, they could make him look younger. <laughs> sure, sure. They, they could do it. Uh, but no, I thought Anthony Ramos did a did a great job. I thought he did a great job with Usnavi. He did, he did it justice. Uh, and and I guess the same goes for Vanessa as well, and all the I guess all the other characters. Like the, were there were others that you mm. kind of like you think they did a good job comparing to the Broadway version, um, and just like maybe how they played the character, or how they sung the songs, you know. There's one that I didn't really care for, and that was Daniela, the shopkeeper. I felt mm. like the Broadway version was better. I felt like the and it's not nothing to knock against the actress uh, Daphne Rubin Vega. It's just I just the style of that character's voice is polar opposites between the show and the movie. And then like in the movie, it's more of like a raspy, like it's more of like a raspy voice. Mm-hmm. And then whereas in the Broadway, it just it it wasn't. I don't know. It just I don't know. I don't know how how to explain it, but it's so different that it pulled me out almost. Yeah, and but and that's the, very nitpicky. I mean, it, right, I mean she was right. great, but it, it's a that's a very that's a very nitpicky thing. But yeah, I feel like that you know the salon ladies played a very minor role in the overall arcing of the story. I would yeah. say like kind of medium to minor role. But I I, re, I really like their characters' presence in 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 the movie as well as listening to them in the Broadway version. Not only with their own musical numbers and having like the little moments like when ninety six thousand and uh, kind of how they uh, they body. Bar- Audio. You there said it right the first time. You. You I know. I, I, through, I, I should have followed through with it. Um, but like, I feel like they really gave, like, they brought the city to life even more. Mm-hmm. Like, really yeah. grabbing the essence of the community as well as Abuela did that as well. And you know, you had these personal stories with Usnavi, Vanessa, Benny, and Nina. But then all the other characters surrounding them, like Sunny, Pete, Pete. Uh, um, uh, the Piragua guy. I had to sing it. I couldn't just say it. Piragua. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I feel like all those, all those little minor characters really brought this town and this, you know, this little city to life. 
Um, so I really enjoyed their their presence in the in the movie um, and in in the Broadway version. Uh, Bridget, did you kind of the same? Did you like how everyone was portrayed, or do you feel like maybe some of them didn't do as justice as the Broadway version? Yeah, I liked how um, everyone was portrayed. Something that I was going to bring up, um, but I didn't want to interrupt you guys because I feel like I've already interrupted you so many times. No, no, no. You can can interrupt us. That's fine. um, Is that um, Anthony Ramos actually played Usnavi in um, a couple of theater performances. He was, I believe, an understudy, but he did it for the Kennedy Center. They did kind of like a Kennedy Center performance, and he Mm -hmm. did Usnavi there. So he had some background with the character. Um, I liked all of them, honestly. I'm trying to think. I mean, there wasn't one character that specifically I was like, oh, I don't know. I, 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 Sonny was very good. I think he was actually might have been my favorite. Just I really liked the kid who played him. I think he did a good job being funny. Um, so I liked him. Something I kind of want to bring up, so I'm going to kind of flip the tables on you guys and ask Ooh. you a question. Oh, okay. Um, so earlier, we're, and I had this discussion with my boyfriend, how they wrote out Camila in the movie and he said well Camila really wasn't a character that they needed so why would they have her in the movie it's just another actress and then I said well then why did they add Kuka she did nothing for the story (laughs) she did absolutely nothing for the story her character barely had any lines she didn't have her own song so that I was kind of like why'd they add a third I was like they didn't need Kuka that's true at all good point (laughs) um are you saying that the story i mean obviously you guys come from the broadway version so i feel like i don't have much to say about this particular question but do you feel like nina's mother should be should have been involved in this story um ernesto saying yes i'm saying no. sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to answer without answering <laughs> <laughs> you're fine no i mean i think with the way that they did it if they took out all her songs they need to chop up time her character wasn't the most essential one so i can mm-hmm. see that but i'm just saying if you're gonna go for the argument of her character wasn't needed. They also didn't need Kuka. Kuka doesn't exist in the musical. And oh, I feel interesting. like she also okay. did not need to exist in the movie because she had no extra songs. Right. She, you know, like, it was just like, okay, you added another salon woman. I don't know. And I know the actress is very popular, so and the internet really liked her, so I apologize, internet. But <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be fine. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. I thought, I was like, well, are you going to take out one character and then add another one who doesn't? move the plot in any way right that that's very very like one that definitely had a more prominent role in the broadway mm-hmm. version and then you bring in one that has was not even in the broadway version and serves zero purpose of the film at all yeah. i understand i understand your point you're making um i think for me also like it was very this like just watching this movie it's yes it was two hours and 20 minutes but it was i did at the first time i watched it i felt like it was it was, it was getting a little long like we got to blackout and i was like how, how much how much time we got left? Like, damn, that's a whole other hour. Damn, like like honestly, when we got to because and I feel like it's the movie's fault. They kept they kept doing a countdown to when the blackout the blackout. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this must be a big moment in the movie. And it was what happened afterward with the death of um, um abuela Claudia. Um, but like when we got to that moment, I'm like, okay, we must be reaching the end. We got to the blackout pretty quick, and then. Like, no, we still got another half a movie to go. Strap in. This <laughs> is just a like, setup. This is a setup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the second time I watched it, again, kind of going back to because I'd listened to a lot of the music prior to rewatching the film, I feel like it was an easy two and a half hours. Like, I want it. It's like, I feel the same way with Hamilton. It, like, it flows 
so nicely with one another and you just want to hear the next great musical number that by the time you get to the end you're like ah oh, all right let's start from the beginning again <laughs> yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like let's all right and um there was another version again like, uh, talking about inflection there was a uh, when uh then when you're home in the broadway version they ended it with like a nice like yeah, bolstering okay. like where yeah we're home doom and then and then in the movie version, there was like, <gasps> we're home. And I was like, no, no, what? <laughs> no, I was waiting for like the big, like, like you were gearing up for that big moment. And then they like brought it all the way down. Um, yeah. Another I thing I noticed. That did happen when I listened to it. That um, like you were waiting for like the big moment as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I still, I, I like, I love that song. It's, it just it's a great song. Happy. It's a great song. I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so uh, kind of final thoughts on, on In the Heights. Uh, you know, I know we've been talking about it for a while, but Bridget, we'll, we'll start with you. Kind of your closing arguments on your overall thoughts on the movie. Because I know you love the material, but the movie specifically, mm-hmm. your kind of your, your final thoughts on that. I think the movie was great. I think um, the music was great. I think they did a great job um, of kind of bringing it to life and bringing it to the big screen and... I love that hype that it has around it, and I think the hard work that they put into it kind of shows into the hype. Like, I went to Trader Joe's this morning, and my cashier was singing in the Heights. And I was, she's like, have you seen the movie yet? And I was like, yeah. And she, uh, It was just like, you know, it's an, it's infectious. Like, everybody wants to get in on it, and I think that's like a, a good feeling to have. And movies, musicals that turn into movies, just I feel like I'm always – a big fan for because Broadway is such a limited scope and sometimes hard for people to reach. So the fact that this movie is giving people who may not ever want to see a musical, bringing that music and the amazing storylines to them is just something great. I love Ernesto? it. <laughs> um, so as you know, I mean, I loved it though. Uh, one thing I wish they would have, would have added, like, especially like watching it with my wife, who's not Hispanic would have been nice, like, if during the songs, whenever they would speak Spanish, is if they had the English translation just mm. pop, like, as subtitles on the bottom. Because then, like, then I wouldn't have to, like, like she, when she's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, well I kind of wish the movie would have done that. But I guess mm-hmm. it wouldn't have made sense because if you were watching the Broadway show, they wouldn't have subtitles pop up on the stage. So it's, right. so I guess it was it's along that same fashion. But other than that, I mean, it was great. I mean, other than everything I went into. The one thing I do want to touch on i kind of want to get y'all's opinion is this whole controversy surrounding the lack of afro latino representation and as being an afro latino myself like mm-hmm. i thought it was great like i mean I, I i mean i don't know like just i feel like it's unwanted hate like he's already he does so much work as far as like representation goes like do you really think that he had malice in thinking that like to specifically exclude them out um i do want to play one clip from an interview he did with trevor noah just responding to the criticism and you know it just it makes you love lin manuel miranda even more just because no matter what happens it just seems like he takes everything in stride and he just he just looks at things uh differently let me see if I, let me get it pulled up for you yeah well again like i don't I can't legislate how people feel like, again, all I want is for this neighborhood to feel seen. And if there's a segment of it that doesn't feel seen and they're saying that, like, you have to acknowledge that and let it in. And, 
you know, all, all I can do is, is, is learn from it and promise to do better. And again, there's so much Afro-Latinidad in the movie. The beef really was specifically dark-skinned Afro-Latinos in leading roles, in those leading principal roles. And like, why can't in this movie, you know, and I, and I totally understand that. And I, and I receive it and, and I just have to do better on, on the next one. But again, like that is, um, we took so much love and care and filmed on location and yeah. and so like it's it like I'm I'm happy to like take the learning from it and, and bring that to the next one and, and also hold space to be proud of this thing we made that has been half my life. So like I have to be able to hold both those things because they're both true. Like you are hearing from this community that feels underrepresented that is hurting. It's a paradox, yeah. And and like we made this thing and I'm proud of this thing and we don't get to make things like this much. So like I have to just be able to hold it all. As as, as a creator. I just think it's just something beautiful. Like he just he just he's just such a my God. He's just so I don't even I don't even know how to explain his demeanor, but I just I love that he took that he took that in stride. Like he heard them he listened to them, and instead of getting upset and getting and yelling, you know, and being like, "Well, this is my movie. This is how I want to make it," like, like I didn't, feel, I didn't feel that watching the movie. I didn't feel up, unrepresented. Like, like I, you know, it's just about we're all, you know, it's about Latinos or Latin or Latins. Like we're all Latin. It's like we're all together. Like we're all one. Like I, it, it just it felt like it was misplaced. Like they, like it felt like a reach. Like them trying to come for him. But you know, he took it in stride, and he's. And he listened to them. Least, you know, he he had a very positive response to it. So, another you can't do nothing but appreciate him. And I'm just looking forward to whatever he comes out with next. Yeah, and you know, it's it's. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I do feel like that the energy that people are feeling are kind of maybe misdirected a little bit. And I loved his response to the criticism that he was having within the film. And like, and also not for nothing, I don't think there was one white guy in that movie. Like he, he, I mean, to, I don't, I don't think there was. I can't no. think of any white person that was in the movie. And then that was, and like that just just shows the credit of how, how like how much love and thought that he wanted to put into this movie of like make sure that all of uh, nationalities were represented uh, in the story he wanted to tell and is really really make it uh, a Latina a Latino a Latin um, like story. And I totally got that. It came across very well. Being Hispanic myself, being a horrible Hispanic, because I don't speak a lick of English, and I not that's not part of. I I mean I am Cuban, but I didn't grow up as you know as as Cuban. Um, so I feel like for me there's a little bit of a disconnect with my own lineage. But I was able to like I feel like I was part of a community. You are. By, don't feel by, bad. No. no, I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not feeling no, bad. I'm just no, like but real, it's real though. But only reason I say that is because I also get a lot of shit as a Hispanic who does who barely speaks Spanish. I I mm-hmm. can I can barely get by. I understand more than I speak. I had somebody tell me a couple weeks ago that I should be ashamed of myself because I don't speak Spanish. Oh wow. I said, "Well, what? you can go fuck yourself." Like I care <laughs> less, like I really care less what you think. <laughs> I, I think he, the Manuel Miranda, did a good job at taking the feedback. I think, Correct. and this is such a wide topic, and it would be a topic for a totally different genre of podcast. But I think that kind of like criticism comes from a place of like darker Latinos. I mean, I know myself; I'm very privileged in that I'm Venezuelan, but I could very easily pass <laughs> for a white girl because I'm half half um, white. My dad's was born here. Um, that. 
anybody who's Latino can tell you that Latinos are racist within themselves. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they we, are. We, are, we are a big neighborhood and we are a big community that will take everyone in. But then it's, um, it, you, you just, you know, like even color, color, color matters in the Hispanic community. And I think that a lot of people who had those critiques about in the Heights have probably been burned and have probably by their own Hispanic friends in their own neighborhoods. Um, and it's totally valid, and it's something that, as a Latino population, I think a lot of people don't like to see. They like to think, oh, well, we're all Latino. We're not racist. No, we are. Like, Latinos are racist against color as well. Yeah. Be a darker Latino, a whiter Latino. It, it happens. So I'm glad that he took that, and he, you know, saw their feelings, saw that they were valid, and said, apologize, and said, I'll do better. Yeah. And that's all he I can like do. That. And that's all he can do, it, and I'm excited to see what he does next. Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? He's he's involved with Little Mermaid. He's doing an animated tick, tick, boom. tick, tick, boom. That's his first directorial debut. That's coming on Netflix later this this month. I'm sorry, later this year. Um, he's also being an animated uh, bird called Vivo. Um, that's also coming on Netflix later this year. So yeah, we're gonna see a lot of Lin Manuel. <laughs> he's having a great year in 2021. He's doing, he's doing fine. He's doing just fine. Um, but <clears throat> but yeah, I. I, me personally, I, I love the movie. I think for me, the more I listen to it, the the more I, I, I love it. I love it more the more I listen to it. And I think the same goes for the movie. I can easily pick this up. And I feel the same, the energy that I felt from Hamilton was just like, you know, the more you listen and the more, like, it's very infectious. Like, you, you can't help but to continue listening. And it's so different. And each song is so either it's either it's powerful and it want to make you cry or it wants you to get up and dance or it just wants to make you think like it's it's whole bunch like i didn't know anything about alexander hamilton but i can i can watch this play and wa- and listen to the lyrics of this musical and be like yeah i know the full history i can rap it to you if you want um <laughs> but and then this is kind of the same with in the heights like i was just mentioning like my i am i do come from a hispanic background but i didn't rate i wasn't raised by it but by watching this i felt like like, yeah, maybe, you know, I felt involved with this community that I felt like I never had growing up. And that's just no fault of anybody in my family. Just like that's that's how the cards kind of laid out. And you kind of feel you kind of feel for that community when you're watching the movie. And I felt a personal connection through a lot of the stories. And I felt like I didn't personally live through that. But I but I understand it. I feel like I, I like I'm, I'm I know enough to like like, yeah, like we, we can be doing better. We can be part of this community. We could be here for each other. Um, and I feel like he was able to put that not only in his Broadway version many, many years ago, but I think even credit to the director, kind of taking that material, making it fun, making it impactful, um, and really giving us something that we can all cheer up and enjoy um, while we're watching it. Like, this is something I'm going to go back and watch, too, multiple times whenever it comes out on you know on Blu-ray and digital and all that stuff to own. So I really liked it. I think so far it's been one of the better movies i've seen this year um without comparing it to anything else like i just had a great time watching the movie um and so yeah so there you go guys that's our spoiler review on in the heights currently in theaters and available on hbo max as of right now go watch it or just listen to the soundtrack because you're gonna have a great time either way um so with that we're gonna be uh we're gonna talk to you bridget we're gonna focus our direction toward you hello um and uh you are a local news producer here in orlando um but if i if i understand correctly um that wasn't always your your plan 
if I'm not mistaken, we, we went to UCF together and you went there to be a reporter. Yes. Um, I originally wanted to be a reporter. Um, UCF does a very good job. Our, my degree is in broadcast journalism, so I learned both reporting and producing, but I wanted to be a reporter originally. And my story is just kind of like a, you know, life, you have plans and life says haha and gives you other plans. Um, <laughs> so I was graduating school and looking for reporting jobs and I interviewed for a couple of really small stations and in small, small markets, like small town stations. And I was ready to accept a reporting job um, in Gainesville, Florida, which is market um, one. It's like 150 and up, like it's, it's a very low market, but that's kind of the how way it works in news. You start out small, you move your way up. And um, unfortunately, my dad had a stroke that same day um, and was in the hospital. He couldn't work for a little while. He's doing all right now, but he couldn't, really couldn't work. And reporting jobs, despite what you think, <laughs> journalism makes no money. <laughs> there is, if you go into journalism, you do it because you love it, not because you want to get rich. So um, I couldn't take the job because I made more in a part-time job at a big market than I would at a full-time job in a small market. Um, so I turned down that job and I stayed where I was sta- where I was working, kind of helping, making more money, helping out my parents. And one day, one of my managers just asked me, like, "Hey, like, do you want to try this? Would you like to be a producer?" And I needed the money. And I was like, yeah, sure. I know, I know kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just tap danced my way through it. Um, and yeah, and that's how I, I got to where I am now. So it, news producing was never really my end goal, but um, I was fortunate that at the time in my life I had a decision to make and things could have gone really south for me, but I still managed to stay in my career. And here, I'm at the same place that I was. Um, I've been there for about five years now. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've really grown and been able to perfect my craft in a way. Ooh. So, so speaking of, um, you as a news producer, like what is like your what does that entail? Like what is, what does your job in, actually entail? So it entails a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, <laughs> um, yes. it is up to me to decide what news goes in our show. So when I go in, uh, there is nothing. There we have nothing. No content. Nothing is written. I decide absolutely everything um, with, you know, manager discretion, obviously. Um, yeah. But I decide what stories are going in. So I literally get to pick the stories that run every day um, from either local stuff or what's happening, or we also get stuff from networks. Um, and not only do I get to pick the story, I get to pick how it's written. Like I, I write it. I pick where the talent stands. I pick what's behind them. I I build the entire show. So it's more than just writing. It's picking the story, then writing the story, then deciding how I'm going to tell the story, whether it's they're just going to look on camera and then play video, or if I feel like they're going to be on camera the whole time. Like, that is my decision. It's really confusing. (laughs) No, not really. I mean, you just, you know, you, you pick a story, and then obviously, you know, for those at home, like, you have to see them. She decides how you see them. And okay, mm-hmm. am I gonna see? Usually, a newscast has two anchors. So whether you see one, all right, this one we're only gonna see this anchor, or this one we're only gonna see that anchor. I, I mean, I guess, I guess I get it because I'm, I'm there with you. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, I know, I know what you're talking about when you say it, but I, I, we follow. Yeah. So basically, everything that they say, 
where they stand, what you are looking at is built by me. Yeah, and, and I kind of want to preface that. Like, imagine if you're starting a blank canvas and you're about to start an art project, and then and then when you're done with the one canvas, they said, okay, now I need you to do this for a hundred more canvases. Go. Mm -hmm. And each one needs to be different pieces of art. And I feel like like you're you are literally building a rundown for the most part by scratch. Like there's nothing there. It's a blank slate. Yeah. So you're like, what is news? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> and you, you know about it too much. You get confused. Yeah. And, and it is, it can get confused. Like I know where to start. Like, I mean, we, I do, we do movie news here and I was like, I don't know, like this is a little bit news for me, but like it could be big news for somebody else. So like, so how, it's like, like for me, this is like a huge deal. Like before, like even talking about in the Heights, like, the fact that there was news that like in the Heights is going to be a, a a film adaptation for me at the time I'm like, what is in the Heights? That's all right. That's a little <laughs> piece of news. Go on, go on, move it, slide over. And then the rest over here is like, what? You? They're finally. <laughs> this needs to be headlines. <laughs> headlines, people. So like, like, so like, so like, what determines you to figure out? Yes, this is going to be in my show. So you kind of. Um, learn a breakdown in newscasts like obviously the local stuff that's important to neighbors is the very first and then like right at the top of the hour and then as you go down the hour it gets kind of less serious so you know we always have spots for entertainment um to find the stories like that i kind of look at what's trending on twitter mm. or what a lot of people are talking about um or if i see something pop up on my facebook feed i know that people are talking about it so i know that's something i can throw in but it is hard because, you know, there's days that there really isn't a lot of news and I still have an hour of news that I'm responsible for. <laughs> um, like you said, sometimes I'll come in and I'll have the blank canvas and I'll be like, shit, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I fill this with? But you always find stuff and, you know, sometimes um, there's better news days than others. There's more content other days than others. Um, but the good thing is that you got that blank canvas and at the end of the day it has to get done <laughs> so you can yeah, yeah you always so, have a deadline so question for you what's harder having not enough news or having too much news or is it like a different kind of hard it's a different kind of hard because yeah. when you don't have enough news then you end up putting things in like puppy had babies rescued by the fire <laughs> station and no, a lot of people don't care about that um and then when you have too much news, it's kind of like, how do you do it justice? Or if you have news that can be something tragic or something that's tough for a community, like how do you tell the story doing it justice and not bearing whatever other important thing is going on? So, yeah. so kinds of hards. like just trying to think how to preface this question. Um, Matt, go ahead. I want to. I want to make sure I say this right. Go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna toss it to you. <laughs> oh, um, well, I guess I'm, we're gonna go rewind for a second here. What led you into broadcasting as a career then? Like, what was the one that? Because I know initially you went in as, as as reporting, but and then your path led you to producing, but that's still in news. So what led you to news? I've loved the Today Show since I was very little. I loved watching the news with my mom. And, um, I just, I, I remember like being elementary school and watching today's show and even before then. So I was born in, um, Venezuela, um, and I left, you know, things aren't 
doing very great there right now, but I would watch TV um, of the protests and riots and elections, and I would always watch the news station, and I would just see the reporters and be like, this is amazing. Like, these are the people that are tasked right in the action with telling people like me what's happening. And I, I Ever since I was little, I just loved that. I loved being the message of journalism and keeping people informed. And then when I moved to the U.S., I would watch Today Show with my mom. So for me, it was always kind of like, all right, you know, like I love news. Like I, I love the premise behind it. I love journalism. I have such deep passion for journalism and just keeping other people informed. And for me, it was a no-brainer when I was in, going into college. I was like, UCF, communications, broadcast journalism, check. So. Ernesto, do you have your question? Um. Yeah, I guess I'll just preface it like, what what has been the hardest story you've had to tell so far? Um, without a doubt, Pulse. When um, Pulse happened here in Orlando, um, I was still an intern. I was still in college, and you know that was an attack on the LGBT community and on the Latino community. And I had a day like I. It was just uh, everything about that was hard, but what hit me especially hard is an experience I'll take with me forever is that I was an intern and I tagged along with a reporter to do a story on the day after and it was somebody who had been injured, their family, we were interviewing their family and the reporter didn't speak Spanish, so I was the person who was the translator between mm. the reporter and the family and I'll never forget that, you know, just being with the family in a moment of such pain and agony and having to translate like just those moments i think mm. that's something I'll, I'll carry with me forever uh, and, i can only imagine yeah and i think it also solidified um you know why i feel passionate about journalism about telling stories and about keeping other people informed i think that moment where i came home and like you know obviously it was heartbroken and worn down with the news but the fact that this person's story is out there like that is what this career is about so it, you kind of have to weigh in journalism i guess those two those two outlets i guess if that's mm -hmm. the right way to put it but, do, so do, do you find it do you find it hard i'm, I'm sorry matt go ahead no i uh go ahead I'll, you can you can ask okay. a question I'll, just just finding the balance because obviously dealing with news like you have to you have to relay like a lot of hard, really hard information to the world every single day. Like, mm -hmm. but you're also ingesting that information. Like you're taking, like you're like you do you like, is it hard to, to not go home with some of the horrific stories that we have to portray every day? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's difficult because there is just so much of it, you know, yeah. and um, producers and journalists kind of act like the first line of defense and, I always use an example that two Christmases ago, while my family was having dinner, I was looking at pictures of a deadly accident, trying to make sure I wasn't putting potty parts on air. Um, so it, it's really hard, but you do it, again, with the thing. Journalism is a public service. Yeah. That's yeah, my job. Yeah, I get paid for it, but you're doing a public service. And I think that is kind of how you balance it out with, yeah, I'm doing, I'm seeing trauma, I'm hearing awful things but it's also sharing the victim's stories or i'm letting a community know not to go outside and you really have to have that to be able to balance all the awfulness that you see every day just to remember that by reporting on the awfulness you're hopefully doing good somewhere else 
Yeah, I mean, you're relaying so many important stories. I mean, it's just it just has to be hard when you know we're reporting on all these deadly accidents and you know making sure certain things mm-hmm. don't get shown and just yeah. g- not giving too much information and but as opposed to giving no information, like it's finding hard. that weird middle spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, can only imagine that. I mean, there's been a lot of times in my career, and I've only been in the business for five years, where I've had, I've gone, I've written awful stuff and mass shootings and death, and I'm fine, and then I, I just have my game face on, and then I go into my car and I just start hysterically crying. You know, it's like the emotions of the day just weigh on you. So it, it's definitely hard, but I think, like I said, just trying to find the balance of you doing a public service so somebody else doesn't have to do it. What what are some ways you you decompress besides listening to Hamilton screaming Hamilton in your car? <laughs> Hamilton, um, if I've had a very very stressful day, honestly, I like journaling helps me a lot. Mm. Just to write out, um, you know, my job is n- never to be biased to tell the facts and stuff. But of course, as a human being, I have opinions. I get sad when I write about a mother losing a child. Um, yeah, of course. It's hard not to as a yeah. human being. So I'll write down those kinds of things in journals. If I stress, I'll run. But there always has to be some kind of outlet, especially something I've learned to I'm trying to get better at is not being on my phone because journalism is a job where you kind of have to be connected all the time. Mm-hmm. So like if I've had a particularly hard day, I'll try to just stay off my phone because it'll keep popping back up in my face. Do you, Do you feel like that... The, the path that you know you are on right now do you ever kind of you know do you feel like you're getting the same gratification as you know because you are you're still in journalism and you're still portraying the news just not in front of the camera but behind behind the camera do you, so do you still feel like you're getting kind of what you want out of journalism by being a producer instead of being a reporter yeah i think so because i'm still able to tell stories and as a producer i'm still able to kind of craft the way I think stories should be told, whereas reporters have like maybe three minutes and they do a lot of the, like the groundwork on one story. I had just have a bigger time to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I think I do, and you know, eventually maybe I would like to get back on camera if that's what life deals my way. Not maybe not reporting, you know. I think producing, I've I've gotten the hang of it, mm. <laughs> um, but I think at the end we're all like storytellers, and it just depends how you're telling it. And where, where would you like to see this, you know, your your end game or your career goes? Like, would you want to keep producing for higher markets? Do you want to, like, you know, hopefully maybe eventually go back and try reporting if the opportunity's right? Like, how do you want to see yourself continue on in your future in journalism? I do want to work for network. Um, I NBC as a network has always been my goal. So that's kind of, I made a little catchphrase, which if I don't make happen, I'm going to feel really... <laughs> really speak it into existence yeah. i'm trying um i always say my goal is 30 rock before 30 because mm. 30 rockefeller center is where i want to work the nbc um headquarters um i kind of see myself eventually shifting um still into producing but maybe more in a digital aspect you know i know there's a lot of digital producers that get to produce their own content still be in it still shoot still record um that is one aspect that i really miss about reporting is I didn't like reporting for being on camera, and honestly, like, I wasn't the greatest person on camera anyways. I liked it to be able to be the one who's sitting there talking to the families and meeting the people and being, like, 
so involved in that aspect. So maybe some kind of like digital producing where I can still go out and still talk to people and not just write in a computer. Seems like you found your groove like haphazardly into producing. Like you kind of just, you kind of fell into something you didn't even realize you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think Uh, I can still mix my love of being out and, you know, this career is so massive. Yeah. And you use everything. So I think I still have a chance to still maybe not be in front of the camera, but still kind of dip my foot in the field of still producing and still being out and meeting people and writing my own stories. Uh, if anyone wants to start a career in producing or even journalism, rather, uh, is there any advice you can give anyone who might be looking into that type of field? Like, you know, some of the things you might have learned to be like, I wish someone would have told me this before I jumped into this career. Oh, it's so hard because it's so specific. Um, I think the main one, though, is that you have to go into journalism because you love it. Like, if you are somebody, and I've seen so many people say, I want to be a reporter because I want to be on camera, or I want to be a reporter because I want to be on the desk, that is the wrong reasons to go into this career. And those are the people who do not last long in the career. Because, like I said, and like we talked about, it's a tough career. It beats you down. Um, So there's no money in it until maybe, like, later down when you're in the higher in the Los Angeles, Orlando's of the world. There really isn't any money in it. So if you're going into it for the wrong reasons, you're going to get burnt out really quick. And um, I guess another thing that I would find is find a mentor in it, somebody who has already been through your thing, because you are going to have to build up for the gr- build from the ground up. Um, it's definitely a pay-your-dues kind of career in the middle of nowhere, town, making no money. So find a mentor to kind of guide you through it. And, and you say, you use a pretty good word there, it says wear, wear you down. I know that if the news stories doesn't, and we, all three of us know this very well, and Bridget, you know this more than us uh, in particular, but the hours sometimes are not the greatest. Yeah. To, to like, I know Ernesto and I, we, we need to be at work at about 3, um, about 3.30 in the morning. Nothing so compared like, to what she has to be worried. Right. And Bridget, like you know, some people call this like the great the graveyard shift. You know, we got we got to be up at two or two thirty to be there by three thirty. Bridget, on the other hand, I cannot do, which mm-hmm. that she needs to be at work at eleven p.m. the night before your your shift. So like one of the shifts, I'm not sure if this is in all cases, but at least one of the shifts here is at eleven p.m. and I believe you leave at seven in the morning. Yeah. That's my shift. I have to be at work, and I think five hours, and I haven't slept. I don't know. Yep, about five hours. But like you said, yeah, the hours wear you down. The coverage wears you down. You know, when we do hurricane coverage, since we're in Florida, when there's a hurricane coming, we work 12 hours on, 12 hours off. Right, absolutely. So if this isn't something that you're in it for the right reasons, just it it takes so much out of you like journalism a lot of people journalism isn't just their career it's who they are and it shapes everything that they do so if you're in it just because you have an ego or you want to be seen on tvs across america it's not going to work out first off a lot of genuine journalists and news directors and editors can see that in a person and second off like you're you're just not going to (laughs) survive right absolutely 
Uh, but Bridget, you mentioned that you need to get to bed because you got you got to wake up in a few hours. So yeah. before we let you go, we have one more question for you that we're kind of lighting the mood up just a little bit. Yeah, oh. switching gears, making a hard switching left turn. Hard left, uh, yes. <laughs> um, what is your favorite movie? Um, Usually, how we typically end here. I hate this question because I, I let me think about it. Okay. There's no judgment, by the way. No, you're going to judge me. <laughs> I don't think I am. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and everyone's going to judge me because it, it tells you exactly my taste in movies. I think I would say that my favorite movie that I've probably seen 20 times or so is High School Musical. That is no judgment. That was a great movie. There's no judgment there. <laughs> we just finished reviewing a musical. next to me and I can see him judging me. <laughs> All right. Watch. With the first one, the second one, or the third one? Which the is the first, with one. the first one? Okay. The first one. First one's I like yeah, classic. Yeah. I like the third one though. No, no. The sir. third one went. To, see, only reason I see oh, here and Matt, this is probably maybe a nod back to you. That I was forced into <laughs> High School Musical because of the, my roommates who I was living with. They all they all love the first two, and then the third one is the one they decided to bring to the theaters. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, all right, I'll go. I'll go see it. So that's the one. That's the one that hooked me in. Okay, okay. I you know I I loved it when I was watching it the first time when I was a kid. Uh, like the music is so it's it's catchy, it's infectious. Uh, Bridget, why is that your favorite movie? It just I loved it when I was a kid. It brought me so much happiness and dancing, and it's just one of those movies that I, I'll throw on whenever like I need cheering up or I need a little like refresher. I can literally recite it forward and backwards not just the songs but the lines wow and i think it just yeah no i'm not kidding we're soaring ernesto we're flying (laughs) (laughs) it's just a sense of like it's just a happy feel-good movie and it was a good point in my childhood i remember singing to like the sing-alongs and my bedroom and it just takes me to a happy place also zach efron young zach efron I mean, he's no. he's great. I mean, greatest showman. Hello, he's yeah, amazing. Great <laughs> great that's, that's, uh, he was also in the, hairspray as well. Hairspray, but yeah. but also, funnily enough, he didn't sing the vocals for the first High School Musical. I heard it was no, somebody else. Really. Somebody else did them. But and you know, gave him voice lessons so he could learn. I, I know way too many facts. <laughs> no, but you know what? Thankfully, <laughs> but look, I mean, look, but look at him now, greatest showman. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's an incredible singer. He's good. I mean, well, I won't say incredible. He's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's good. He got, he got, he got he's, no, he's no Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> That's so uh, but no, it, it, I I love that answer because it brings us back on a full circle of this conversation of of you know this was a this was a musical episode yeah. and uh, and and so yeah no that no judgment on this end that is, yeah, that is a, I don't that judge is a great, no judgment <laughs> I I love that movie it's one of the better Disney Channel original movies they have to offer well, yeah. Uh, it, on a side note, my favorite movie, my favorite Disney Channel movie is either The Other Me, uh, or, um, uh, Phantom of the Megaplex. Um, those Mine two are Smart House. Smart, Smart House, another great one. one. <laughs> another great one. Uh, 90s, early 2000s. They yeah. did they're great. I couldn't tell you what's on there now, and I think no. it's all probably crap, but yeah. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> But yes, Bridget, thank you very oh, much for joining thank you so us. Much. I, I loved your insight on In the Heights. I really appreciate you joining us and and talking about you know your career as well as the film. Uh, and also, I know you got to go to bed soon, so I, I you know we we appreciate you taking the time to being on our show to to talk with us tonight. Of course, thank you guys for having me. I love talking to you guys, and I'm glad to share the little bit of 
musical nerdiness that I have in me. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. It was great. Yes. We enjoyed uh, it. And, um, yeah, if you want more from us, you can uh, follow us on our social media channels at Box Office underscore Bingers on Instagram, at Box Office Bingers on Facebook. And we're also on TikTok at Box Office Bingers. We don't oh, know yeah. what we're doing on there. but We don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's addicting. It <laughs> so is. We, so we're going to still continue to make videos on there. Uh, Bridget, we'll love to have you back on for more musical conversations. Uh, or just yes. regular movies. Just or just regular movies, too. It doesn't have any musicals. But uh, so I had such a great time on this. Ernesto, I know you were looking forward to this episode. I, hope, I hope it was justice. Oh, it, it was. And I think, I think having Bridget on really helped. I think it helped. Yeah. Just really bring the conversation full circle because I, I had stuff that I could bounce stuff off of. Because, Matt, if it yeah. would have just been me and you, you'd have been like, yeah. the movie was great. There's, I don't understand the comparison. Like, I'm glad that somebody – I could talk to somebody who knows what I was talking about. Yes. But, uh, Bridget, if people want to find you, where can they find you on the socials? Oh, so uh, my Instagram is at xbrigittelee, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E. And then uh, my Twitter is at B underscore. Oh, my last name is Stenneker. <laughs> and that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna tag we're gonna tag all your <laughs> socials in the in our description. But just so you can, if in case you wanted to get it out. No, don't don't be sorry. <laughs> in behalf of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my parents' fault. Yeah, it's their fault. <laughs> Um, but yes, Bridget, really do appreciate you having on, you having you on, and we'd love to bring you back on for more movie talks. And you know, this was this was a fun time. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm glad we we're able yeah. to make it happen. Me too. Thank you, friends. No, Thank you're you. welcome. Um, I, I I had one more thing I was going to say. Oh, next week I was about to say I, I have one more thing I have to say. Next <laughs> week, I, so, you know, it's so ingrained in my brain that I should be I should be quick on it. It's Bridget making uh, you. Bridget's making you nervous again. That, that's what it is. Yes, absolutely. I have that effect on men. <laughs> uh, next week uh, we are. <laughs> next week we are reviewing Pixar's or Disney Pixar's Luca. That is coming to Disney Plus uh, this uh, next week, and we're gonna be bringing on another a good friend of ours. Um, I guess a good friend of mine. You haven't met her, Ernesto. I have not. Uh, no, she'll, she'll be, be a good friend after after I meet her, though. There you go. She'll uh, be family. Yes, your family. <laughs> that's coming soon. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> that's another one. Uh, yeah, Disney Pixar's Luca is gonna be on Disney Plus. Um, and uh, we're bringing on a fellow Disney nerd, and we're going to have a great conversation there. So be sure to come back next week for all of that. And with that, I thank you for listening to Box Office Binges, and for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. I've been Ernesto Santos. See ya.